Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone and welcome to a Met Tuesday on 101 ESPN. It's the opening drive with Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Kids, how are we doing this morning? Everybody excited? No. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a man Tuesday. It's not been great, Randy. I don't know if you I don't know if you've been watching. I'm paying attention. (laughs) Okay, well, I I I mean, you you got your 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 Cronky sucks shirt on. It was uh, oh yeah. It was not a good night for you all in all, huh? No, it wasn't. I like St. Louis. Yeah, I'm not like Matthew Rockio. Yeah, Rockio, where's yours? He shed a a one single tear. A tear of joy. Yeah, that's what I mean. One single tear of joy for Uncle Stan. Uncle Stan. Yeah, Uncle Stan. We did it. Yeah, he didn't fly you out. Uncle no, Stan. I was not there for the celebration. So I, yeah. You had your own celebration at the house, you and close group of fa- friends yeah. and family? No. Did you get to FaceTime with him? I did not know. Can no. you, when you talk to him next, can you tell him he can talk into the mic and not, not <laughs> in, creepily into people's what, what ears? Are you, what are you talking about, bro? Yeah, I don't know. That was a little mm. me. Yeah, he is <laughs> kind of a... He's different. He's, I mean, he's, he's beyond meh. Yeah, he's a, he's a little different. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not the best human being in the world. But he does have a championship. Arguably one of the worst. Arguably. Yeah, come on now. He took care of you. Not really. You got your championship. <laughs> not really. Yeah, he did. You're excited. I enjoyed it uh, for about the, 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 the two minutes from the final buzzer to the trophy presentation. I, I will say this. And I, I, do, I, I do get... <laughs> joy out of seeing people win championships like Jamal Murray <laughs> him going through all of the things that he went through with the knee injury when Clay Thompson came back from his injury last mm-hmm. year like people don't understand how much is put into being a professional athlete and to overcome you know all of the obstacles that are set in front of you whether it's <laughs> whether you make them up in your head or they're actual obstacles like what some people have to come back from injuries I think that that to me is the the thing that really gets me you know gets me going. I'm glad that you felt that way. I'm yeah, I, I had a moment. I, I shed a tear when I saw Jamal Murray shed, shedding tears I, because I understand how much goes into work. it. It's, yeah. it's man, you you would it's almost like you're never going to get there. Yeah. And then to finally get there is like, oh my God. And it, the amazing thing is, is Kerry Davis sheds a tear and then in, in the postgame press conference. Well, I told everyone in the room today that I have not been able to understand the emotion since 2002. So, you know, I'm glad you're feeling it. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling it. I, I am I am thrilled when I see people, you know, just succeed after after going over there, what they had to do. Should we also give a shout out to Mizzou's own Michael Porter Jr., his oh, best game yeah. of the series? Yeah. 16 points, 13 here, rebounds. Here comes Michael Porter Jr. He was That's three you. he was three of twenty-six from deep in the in the final. And guess in what? In the finals, before he, after he missed that wide open corner three, but then he hit a bunch of big shots and he was ripping down rebounds from the get go. He was oh, huge, Jackie. Mizzou legend. And guess what he is from here on out? 16 minutes per game in the first like, three games. An NBA champion. You're darn right. Oh, he exactly. Is. Doesn't matter. You, you could, he could have gone 0 for 15 last night. You know what they're going to say when they introduce him? 
NBA, NBA champion. NBA champion. That all that. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yesterday. Um, you said yesterday yeah. about a certain different championship. That yeah. never goes away. Never goes that's, in front away. Of the name. that's in front of the name no matter what. Forever. Guys, I don't know if you've seen this, but your St. Louis Cardinals are last place in their division. Oh, no. Oh, yes. we got to talk about that? Yeah, it's it's, oh. it's not that great. Oh. So they, they lost last night, but they were able to, to rally. They showed some verve. They showed some spunk when they were down 2 nothing, And... You know who it took in the fifth inning. We are down to nothing. Hannes. Swing and a high fly ball to left. Hanniger going back. That ball is gone. Cardinals are on the board on a DeYoung solo homer. Thank you, Chip Carey, for the call on Ballet Sports. So the Cardinals are down 2-1, heading into the sixth. Donnie Baseball reaches base, and the MVP steps in. Swing. So cool to have the Cardinals in front and experiencing <laughs> what I would consider, and I don't know about this, if you guys consider this to be the case, I consider this prosperity when the Cardinals have a lead. Yeah, uh, but I, I do think that the end result matters well, quite okay, a bit. Well, okay, so they couldn't stand prosperity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, leading is great, but finishing with a win is probably the most important thing. Whoa, hold up there, you're... It's I'm better. Just saying. Okay. I'm so just saying. What finishing Brooke, the what, game. What Brooke is referring to is that the Cardinals did take the 3 2 lead oh. after <laughs> six. Top of the seventh, Andre Pallante comes on and gets the first two outs, and then he walks Wilmer Flores. And then JD Davis with a base hit to bring Mitch Hanniger up. He drives in the tying run. So we're tied 3 3. Cardinals have an opportunity later. Can't take advantage of it. Top of the eighth inning. After a Bailey double, Brendan Crawford steps in. On the ground, base hit into left field. Bailey around third. Mark Hallberg's going to send him. Walker's throw is too late. Crawford comes through. 4-3 Giants. That call from the Giants TV network in the bottom of the eighth. Cardinals loaded the bases for Dylan Carlson. He flied out and the Cardinals lost by a score of 4-3. The Cardinal record now 27-40. 27-40 is 13 games under the 500 mark. Yeah, uh, another situation of missed opportunities and also just death by a thousand cuts. 73 and 22 the rest of the way, though. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, no. that's, that's, that's very sunshine and lollipops of you, but 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. They are now 9 for 73 with runners in scoring position in their last 13 games. How many of those games are you going to win with that statistic? None. Okay. None. Uh, it's just... Uh, we don't have disasters. We don't, like Adam said last week, Adam Wainwright said last week on the show, we don't know how to react to this. As a fan base, we don't know how to react to this either. This is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we just don't see in St. Louis. And we all want changes. I kind of doubt changes are coming. I, I, I'm, I don't disagree with the people that are calling for changes, obviously. But I would be really surprised if the Cardinals would have the gumption to make a move, a, a big move, whether it's a player move or a, a, a dugout move, whatever it is, I would be really surprised if this ownership wouldn't be very, very patient. Well, and also, too, I, I think we keep hearing this, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing this, too, and I'm not giving this as an excuse, but something that we have actually heard. Where, WBC. 
Uh, yes, the World Baseball good, Classic good was mentioned, uh, what was it, just even last week by John Mosellock yeah. as, you know, something that it has thrown this team off. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's been a while since then. <laughs> also, weak division. How many times have we heard yeah, that yeah, as well? Yeah. Uh, players playing out of position. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the ones who are playing in position are kind of struggling defensively as well. So that's, that's a little weird. Well, but Brooke, here's the thing. You had your 20-year catcher retire, and you, you replaced him with a guy that, you know, you didn't spend much money. He didn't really try to fill the position with uh, no, any... No, 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 no. No? no? They, they, they went out and spent some money. Spent to, to a lot of money. Him. A lot of money. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's the issue too. I know that we're going to kind of dive into this quote a little bit later, yeah. but I think that we we might need to start off with this because Wills Contreras last night, John Denton of MLB.com, he got this quote from Wills Contreras. He said, "This is the fir- this is my first time since I've been in the big leagues that I've struggled this bad. I've lost my confidence. I lost my trust. I lost the trust that I came into the season with. It just went away." Now that Yikes. could be that that could mean a lot of things, but it I think could. we're all perceiving the worst, right? That this is about the organization, this is about management, because he was told he was going to be the guy, and then hasn't wound up being the guy. Could be trust in his abilities, I don't know, but it just sounds to me, based upon what we've seen in the first two and a half months of the season, that it's it would be trust in what he was told about what his role was going to be and what his role has turned out to be, and the way that he's been talked about publicly by people in the organization. I think it is everything. I yeah. think it's, um, you know, you're just, you're scuffling and you're not you're not performing well and that is weighing on you. You know, I say this all the time and I'll, I'll say it again. People are, are so enamored with the physical aspect of sports where it's the mental aspect of sports that really allows you to either be great, good, or just average. Or, or not good at all, bad. And when you mentally are unable to get out of a funk because of maybe it's outside factors, maybe it's what's going on in between the lines, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever's causing it, it's still there, and it's it's just a mental block that he's unable to click out of right now. And it's it's taking a toll on him. It's taking. It's not fun to to. He's not having fun if he's yeah. not performing well. And so, you know, and then you get, you know, you're getting a lot of conversations about what he isn't doing and who he isn't. And mm-hmm. so now it, it's just feel like it's piling on him. And I'm sure there's a level of frustration for him. He's a great baseball player. At some point, it will it will click back in and he'll be able to dial it back in. But right now, it's just not fun. And the team is losing. And so you add all of those things up. You're new to the city. You're new to the team. Team is losing, not performing well. It does feel like it's probably 100 ton, 100 pounds and, and tons of weight just laying on him at this moment. Well, and even, I mean, just 33 games in the season, that's when everything so publicly happened where it did feel like he was the scapegoat. And I thought that he responded really well afterwards. But I think it's very fair, as you mentioned, CD, to understand that that would weigh on somebody mentally to be yeah. called out so publicly and where it's almost insinuated that this stuff is just too hard for you know a catcher who has won a World Series by the way that he wouldn't be able to kind of grasp 
what they have going on in the Cardinals organization, I think it's very fair to understand that that all of that would weigh on you. How yes. it was handled so publicly, mm-hmm. and also it seems like there's a lot of meetings behind closed doors. So then you're wondering which teammates have your back in certain right. situations too. I, I almost feel like we need like a therapist to text in to dissect all the quotes we've been seeing lately because it seems like everything you're hearing is this team mentally is really struggling to figure out what's going on. And they don't appear, and I could be completely wrong here, but based on last night, based on their record in one-run games, CD, you talk about it being a mental game. You need mental toughness to win one-run games. You, You need to step up and be your best in the most... Ken Hitchcock always said, we need to get comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And the Cardinals, with a one-run lead, they walk guys, they they get two outs, and they, they give up runs. It's just, right now, a disaster. So the Cardinals fall 4-3 to the Giants. They'll take on San Francisco again tonight at the ballpark. Nuggets beat the Heat in Game 5 of the NBA Finals, 94-89. to Nikola Jokic wins Finals MVP. He averaged 30 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, and became the first player ever to lead the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. So Nikola... Uh, starts off his uh, his Nuggets dynasty with uh, a victory over the Heat. Yeah, I, I don't know. People are ready to say they're going to be a dynasty. You got to win three. Max Kellerman said that this morning. Yeah, you got to win three to be a dynasty. And it is dang on hard to win one, mm-hmm. much less win three. So yeah, I, I, we'll, let's just reserve the dynasty talks. Let's reserve the top ten players of all time until, okay. his, until, until his career is over and we can really – dial it in and look at the numbers and look at his performances and championships and MVPs and figure out I mean because if he wins no more MVPs and no more championships he's not a top 10 player of all time no he's not so man, let, let's let's Hold Let on. It breathe a little bit. Let it breathe a little bit. Like, like, calm, calm it down a little bit. Yeah. I do like. I do like that. Mike Malone said we're <laughs> literally right. What 10, 15 minutes after they won the championship, we're going for number two. Okay, all right, big fella. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Good luck with that. We're not satisfied, bro. You don't even. You, you just won. You don't even. You haven't even had a parade yet. Come yeah. on, let's get satisfied. You haven't even gotten to the liquor yet. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And tonight, another Florida team has a chance to be eliminated in the finals as Vegas will go for their first Stanley Cup championship as they take on the Florida Panthers. 630 here on 101 ESPN. We're off and running. Coming up, how does Tommy Edmond in center field every day affect the Cardinals roster construction and their lineup? Katie Wu wrote about it. We're going to talk about it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Well, last week, the Cardinals put Tommy Edmond in center field, and he played really well. And so... Ali Marmol has pretty much, and, and by the way, he has said that Tyler O'Neill and Lars Nupar were going to be a center fielder too, but he has said that Tommy Edmond is going to be his center fielder for the foreseeable future. Brooke, you laugh. Because I, I get what you're doing there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> wait, there's been a lot of things said this season, huh? And that's not just an Ollie thing. That's mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot of uh, people with the Cardinals organization yeah. saying saying things and then things going differently. Yep. But I like. I'm still Tommy waiting Edmund. for Wilson Contreras to be an outfielder. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna see I that. Oh, okay. Uh, Tommy Edmund 
is a good center fielder. He's just a ball player. He's instinctive in center fielder. I like him in center field. But when everybody is healthy, we know that Jordan Walker is going to play right. The Cardinals have to give him his reps there. They let him, have to let him, if he's going to become a major league star, they have to let him play and get the reps to become a major league star. So that leaves you, Dylan Carlson, and maybe Walker in left, Carlson or Newt Barr in right. So how does this affect the lineup? What do you? You're still going to have your guys at the corners, assuming Edmund is in center every day. That almost forces Paul DeYoung to be your everyday shortstop, right? And that moves Nolan Gorman to second base. Now, that really affects your your infield defense because Nolan Gorman, well, serviceable, is not Tommy Edmund. Tommy Edmund is elite. Tommy Edmund is a Gold Glover. So. You have all these pitchers that you're trying to get to be ground ball pitchers, and you're giving them essentially a, a league average second baseman and an okay rather than elite infield. What the Cardinals have done is determined, I guess, that their outfield defense right now and their deficiencies in the outfield are bigger and more important than their infield issues. And that, and that's what's kind of concerning, too, because we've seen defensive miscues cost this team. And especially when this group is pressing and looking for ways to actually win games, it seems like that's another way that they lose games, right, is defensive miscues. And as you mentioned, this is a pitch-to-contact staff. And not having solid guys defensively is a great concern because we've seen it where it can t- it really just deflates this team. My my concern or question, I guess, is Jordan Walker, I think we can all agree, needs as many reps as possible. But we've seen some of his defensive mistakes. Does this is this going to change how much we're gonna see him? It should not. The the Cardinals made this decision. Yeah. He didn't make this decision. We didn't make this decision. They determined that he was better off at third base last year. With Nolan Arenado playing third base at the major league level and Nolan Gorman ready to play third base if Arenado opted out, they determined that Jordan Walker should be playing third base rather than the outfield last year. They were confident in his ability to play the outfield. If he can't play the outfield, it's on them. And if the rest of your team is good enough, you can win a World Series with Manny Ramirez playing left field. You can win a World Series with Lou Brock playing left field. You can win a World Series with Kevin Mitchell playing left field. So... You could win even with the defense that Jordan Walker provides right now if the rest of your team is playing representative defense. Yeah, and I think Jordan Walker, athletically, he will figure it out. I mean, like I said, he had that that misplayed ball over the weekend, and you can tell that impacted him the next couple of days because he's kind of rounding mm-hmm. towards the ball as opposed to attacking it because he didn't want it to happen again. And that's just that's a learning curve. Those are things that are, are going to happen when you're playing a position that you're unfamiliar with. It's... I think he'll be fine. It, and and Tommy Edmond in center field, we talked about it yesterday. He's probably the 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 best center fielder that they have. Dylan Carlson is in that in that conversation mm-hmm. as well. But it's just finding people that are going to make plays when given the opportunity. And if you have a, a Tommy Edmond in center field, then maybe you're looking at bringing up Mason Wynn sooner rather than later and shifting Paul mm-hmm. DeYoung over to uh, over to second base. That does make your middle infield that much stronger, and now your outfield is, is strong as well. So just trying to figure out. And, and here's the thing, Randy and Brooke, it's really on the players. If they want to play, they got to play well. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Edmond has, because of all of the injuries, you got to play well and you got to stay healthy. Because of all of the injuries, Tommy Edmond has found himself in center field every single day, and he does not seem to be letting that go. He's not going to relinquish that because he's saying, "Hey, I want to play every day. Here's what I got. Here's what I can provide, and here's how I can help." Exactly. So 
if you want to play and you want to play every day, show yourself worthy of that and do your job when given the opportunity. Yeah, no, I, I agree because he, he's been so good. And the, really, it seems like whatever position you put him in and where you have to put him out every single day, especially him as a center fielder, you just get to see his baseball IQ. And we've heard that over the years with Tommy Edmund, his baseball IQ and how high it is. And we're seeing that on display where no matter where you put him, he's able to navigate things well. And it seems like he's doing exactly what they've wanted out of the guys. Because yeah. as you mentioned, they said, you know, Lars Newtbar would be the center fielder. Right. Injuries have hampered that. Two injuries this season. So it, we, it feels like we haven't even got to see enough of him. Dylan Carlson was going to be your center fielder. And he does great defensively, but then he gets injured. Tommy Edmond, the way that he really commands that position is exactly what you need out of a center fielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what the Cardinals need to do, ultimately, regardless of what Tommy Edmond does in the outfield, they need to get back to being a ground ball staff. And the Cardinals are are very good at getting ground balls. Their, their ground ball rate is 44%, which is fifth in all of baseball. Their fly ball rate is very low. It's in the middle of the pack at about 25%. So for the most part, the pitchers are doing their job. But the, the problem is, is, and this goes back to one of the things Ollie said last week in Texas, when you have infielders playing the outfield, is a lot of balls that aren't called errors are dropping in that most teams get to. And the the Cardinal outfield defense, and it's going to be better with Dylan Carlson back and with Edmund in center field, but a lot of the, the balls that other teams are getting to, the Cardinals are letting drop in, runs are scoring, and the Cardinals are losing. And, and and the thing that's frustrating is when you got guys, like we talked about Nolan Arenado not throwing the runner out at first and then they getting a, a, a base-clearing triple, a base-clearing mm-hmm. double. That's Nolan. I mean, you don't expect that to happen from Nolan Arenado, right? You expect him to make that play. It's just everybody, and th- that's not an error. That's just he took one extra step and the runner was able to beat the throw. So things like that are just are happening to the Cardinals right now. And it, it's got to be frustrating for a pitcher to know that you got the ground ball but can't get out of the inning because something else came up in, in that specific play. Yeah. By the way, one other note about Tommy Edmond, who has been great in center field. Last year, he was a 324 on on-base guy. His career on-base is 319. This year, he's not even a 300 on-base percentage guy. His on-base percentage is only 297. He's slugging 398, uh, and, and his OPS is 696, which is... Uh, well, it's not a career low, but uh, it's pretty close. His career low uh, OPS in a full season was the 695 of 2021. Tommy Edmond has to be better offensively, too. And he, he is their number nine hitter. I get it. But he is capable of being better offensively. And uh, he, he's one of the guys this year that they need to perform better at the plate. Well, and also here's a, another follow-up question to all of this. Tyler O'Neill seems like he'll be close to returning soon-ish, From we what? think. Um, a back injury. Oh, yeah, oh that's about a week back. No, do you see how I purposely didn't even say it? I, I was hoping that I could just pull it over on you guys, where we wouldn't have to, where we wouldn't even have to talk about it. But what with Tyler O'Neill with his return? Are you playing him as much as possible? No. Uh, for for trade value, for, for both or are you weeks? just saying, no. are you for, just saying, Meh. For both weeks until he gets hurt again? <laughs> oh, Randy, oh, no, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think he has. A, I just said it. There is guys have have started to solidify themselves while people have been injured or not playing well. And this is just the nature of the business. If you don't perform well or you're injured, someone it's the next man up mentality. And if that man is better than you. 
were prior to your injury or prior to missing time, you're not going to get many opportunities. You you get an opportunity here and there where you know a guy needs a day off, but an everyday outfielder. I don't think I don't think he'll be the everyday outfielder when he when he returns. If I'm the Cardinals, tell me if you agree with this. I'm inclined to send him out for the full 20 days of rehab. I he's basically starting spring training again, isn't he? He hasn't played since April. May so a month and a half he's been gone, so he's got to get himself back into shape and baseball shape again, and prove that he can play on a consistent basis. So, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm right now it is June 13th. I don't see him until after the All Star break because I probably don't start a rehab for another 10 days, and then I I have a full 20 day rehab down at AAA or wherever. So. I don't think we see him until after the All-Star break anyway. Yeah, it's just very interesting that the beginning of the season, outfield depth is something that you thought would be a strength for this group, and has been far from that thus far. Of course, yeah. you can't predict injuries. I mean, you you realize there will be maybe one or two, but this Some is guys. this has been interesting, to say it, the least. It has been interesting, and, and like you said, Brooke, the... You sent Jordan Walker down because there was so much depth in the outfield, and now yeah. you, again, you had infielders playing in the outfield because the depth just disappeared as quickly as as it arrives. It's just it's it's troubling for a staff, for a for a manager, for coaches to figure it out because you know that that these guys are working their butts off. They're not trying to perform poorly. They're not trying to get injured, but all of those things are taking place, and now you have to scramble and figure out. Well, what are we going to do? Tommy Edmond has solidified that situation for them in center field, and I don't see him letting that go. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. The Cardinals do fall last night to the Giants by a score of 4-3. to three. Same two teams tonight at the ballpark, 645, and you can see it on Bally Sports. Coming up, some teams talk about dynasties. Some teams are dynasties. What are the Nuggets going to be? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Jokic with a dominant performance in the NBA Finals. During the playoffs, he averaged 30 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. He was the Finals MVP, and after 47 years, the Denver Nuggets are the NBA champions. They knocked off the Miami Heat last night, 94-89. By the way, Denver won the teams that came over from the ABA. And I thought the some of the content con, comments were interesting last night uh, on the heels of just winning. One of the things that Michael Malone was asked about was, uh, and he's the coach of the Nuggets. How far can you take this? And here's what he had to say. Pat Riley 
I said something many years ago. I used to have it up on my board when I was a head coach in Sacramento, and I talked about the evolution uh, in this game and how you go from a nobody to an upstart, and you go from an upstart to a winner, and a winner to a contender, and a contender to a champion. And the last step is after you're a champion is to be a dynasty. So we're not satisfied. We accomplished something this franchise has never done before, but we have a lot of young, talented players in that locker room, and I think we just showed through 16 playoff wins um, what we're capable of on the biggest stage in the world. And the best part about it is the people I just did that with. I mean, I love those guys. I love my coaches. Uh, Stan and Josh Cronkery are incredible no, they owners. Their support, their continued belief. Calvin Booth, first year as a GM. Um, and I just have to say on a personal note, a huge thank you to my mother and father. You know, I just spoke to them, let them know how much they're a part of this. Uh, you didn't you didn't like that 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 part there, Randy? Yeah, no, uh, not a fan. No, no, not the parents' part. The uh, the, the other the, part, the, the standing, stand yeah. yeah, not great people. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think that Mike Malone is a great coach. I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, he has one of the the best players, obviously, in the league right now in, in Nikola Jokic. And they did an outstanding job. Jamal Murray, I said this all along, him coming back from that injury, he is the key component for what that team is able to do. When they were, when he was injured, Jokic was winning MVPs, but they weren't as potent as they could be because Jamal Murray is a is a dynamic basketball player that that makes big shots and is not afraid of the moment and he showed that all playoffs he showed that uh, when they were in the bubble a few years ago before he got injured and so him being back allows them to do all of the things that they need to do dynasty talk i mean for me I'm the warriors not, are a dynasty yes yes they are you you win 4 in 8 years and and two out of five or two out of three, however many they won in that span, that's when you become a dynasty. But when you are uh, just winning your first one, you got to win multiple and two to three before you can talk to a dynasty. It's easy, dynasty talk. it's easy to talk the talk before you walk the walk. Not one championship. Not two. LeBron, tell us about that. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Oh. Hey. And when I say that, and when I say that, I really believe it. He might have believed it. It was two. He won two and <laughs> lost two. Yeah, he went to four. Yeah. Went to four straight, and, and <clears throat> almost is a Ray Allen shot away from only winning one. True. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I, I mean, they won two. Good for them, but they—it's hard to do. It's not. It's not something. And I don't know if you would consider that. Maybe you would consider that Heat team a dynasty because they went to four in a row. You know, but and they won two of them. But you have to win multiple uh, championships before you can call yourself a dynasty. Well, and here's another thing too. Do you think that this at least helps them when it comes to longevity? Because if you look at the ages of those key players for the Nuggets last night, Jokic is 28. Mm -hmm. Aaron Gordon is what is he? 27. Jamal Murray is 26. 26. Michael Porter Jr. is 24. So I think we all know kind of like that sweet spot when it comes to the ages with players. Mm -hmm. And that seems like that's a team that's at least built to last for, I would say, a good bit. Yeah, Yeah. there's no doubt. And there really isn't a pair of players in the West that is, and maybe not a team in the league that is set up to defend both Jokic and Murray in a best of seven. I think that's the issue. It doesn't matter where they are seated come playoff time. But if those two are healthy in a playoff series, in a best of seven, who right now is best equipped to handle them? Um, I mean, because you got the big and you got the guard. It's difficult to find someone. 
I, the the team that comes to mind would be the Dallas Mavericks because of Luka and Kyrie. Just because I know going back and forth, Luka isn't going to guard isn't going to guard Jokic. But that that comparison kind of feels that way to me. But I don't know if there's a. I mean, you saw really Denver run through the West the entire season and no one could stop them. Maybe Joel Embiid and and if James Harden was who James Harden is projected to be or but he's not slowing down Murray. He's not going to slow. No, 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 he will not slow down Murray. But Murray wouldn't be able to slow him down if he's on his game. It's really tough because of the combination. Like you said, the point guard and the big man, it's tough to find that combination in the NBA right now. I look at and Matthew wants to weigh in here and you you shall. But I wonder if if Minnesota adds a piece or two, if Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, Randy, it's, I, no, because what you need to do is slow him down. I there, mean, that you, was the worst trade in NBA history. But at least you've got a defensive a, a, a defender. Yeah, but he's not. He's not gonna give you anything. He's just there. What did I call Bam a couple of days ago? Uh, celery. He's the celery on offense. Oh yeah, uh, really there, there's no, no, but you have to find your, but you have to find your offense elsewhere. But I'm just talking about trying to slow down the two guys that uh, dominated offensively. Not, for I don't think there's anyone that's going to slow down Jokic. You'll be better off trying to put a dominant uh, defender on Jamal Murray and trying to slow him down in that manner. But you're not going to slow down Jokic. I mean, uh, the, the textures have kind of hit on it. I mean, a healthy Bucks team. With one last ditch of, of of Drew Holiday, a healthy Chris Middleton, that's and Giannis on on uh, Jokic, that can disrupt the the Nuggets offense plenty because Drew can Drew can match up with Murray, Giannis can affect Jokic. Rare, I mean, as good or better than almost any other player in the league, and then Middleton's a A plus defender. So I mean. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., whoever you want, need to shut down in a game, Middleton can wrap him up. Drew can give you one end but not the other. And yeah, that's defensive, gener- yeah. I mean, it's either going to be one or the other. He, he's more likely, like you said, defensively, but even him won't be able to yeah. stop Jamal Murray. And best chances. Yeah, nah, yeah. Five years ago, the Warriors would have been able to run him out of the gym. But now the Warriors can't. There isn't a team in the league now that can run him out of the gym no. either. No, it, it's I'm looking at this at this list of teams and and the only team that I could think because they're talking about a, a potential trade of of this young man going to Miami. If Dame Lillard ends up in Miami now, you're talking about a Heat team that is well equipped to play on both ends and and really now Jamal Murray has to stop somebody like Dame and yeah. that's that's when you have to play both ends if I only have to play one end I can mm-hmm. rest on defense I got enough energy to to have the legs and get all my shots up like I want to but if I got to guard somebody on the other end and run around and really try to put in effort and put in work when I go back down to the other end to take that jump shot my legs are not feeling the same right uh, so the, the Nuggets win karma you have one job well, you got a name you got it's <laughs> One Randy, job, Randy. And, and you don't. It's in, not working. In fairness, karma will come for okay eventually. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that confidence, <laughs> sir. Uh, that's Carrie. That's Brooke. That's Matthew. I'm Randy. Coming up, get your text into the Year Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Take it or leave it. Coming your way on one hundred one ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. 
Send your text into 314-399-9646 and give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. All right, it is time for Tioli here on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Gary Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio. Uh, guys, take it or leave it. As we sit here on June 13th, the Cardinals make a major move before the end of the season. That would include changes in the dugout coaching or manager or what we would perceive as a major trade. Take it or leave it. Major trade meaning... When you say major, I would say how? trading a starting player or a frontline player from the beginning of your season. Oh, I'll take it. Okay. Somebody. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah. Somebody's not going to be here. And that's the the unfortunate part or fortunate part of sports is if you're not playing well, somebody, things, things change. Things shift around. So, yeah, I'll take it. I'm going to take it, too, because I think it's just been – such a bad season historically too that you can't just say this is fine and we're just going to continue on with this like something will have to be done eventually and it's going to be painful as we talked to Greg last week about Uh, it could be a trade it could be something somewhere else within the organization but I, I would really hope that the Cardinals understand and I think they do that this is just not acceptable in a lot of ways I'm going to leave it because I I don't think the Cardinals will come to grips, even if they're at the end of August and they're still where they are right now, eight, eight and a half games out, I think that they're going to believe that in, or in July, July 31st trade deadline, I think that they're, they'll believe if they're eight and a half games out then that they can still win and they are going to trade a major piece. I think they have a 10, they, they will buy, but I also don't think that they're going to make a move in the dugout. I don't think that they'll make a move by the end of the season that we, when we get to the end of the season, we'll perceive as a major move. Hmm. I think they're just going to stand pat, just not do I, I, anything. I could see him buying. I could see him moving a, a non-frontline player or two or three to try to get a starting pitcher that would kind of like the trades last year or the year mm. before. But I don't think that they'll do a, a, a blockbuster. Hmm. Intriguing. All right, Randy. So we were talking about James Harden, and there's talks that maybe James Harden goes to the Suns. Take it or leave it. Him with KD and Booker is a championship recipe. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to say that him with KD and Booker would be a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Paul is uh, potentially out of there. I feel bad for CP. I mean, he's he's a very good basketball player. Take it or leave it. Chris Paul will go down as the greatest NBA player that never won a championship. Oh. Right now, I'd say Barkley is. I think Barkley is on that list right now. Yeah, I, I, I would leave it because I, th- I still think he, Chris Paul has never won an MVP, has he? No. No. So I, Barkley would still be, for me, the 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 best player to not have won one. By the way, you got Stockton and Malone too. Yeah, they they don't. Man, they, they're like, when you put their name, they're, they're one person. Yeah, Stockton kinda, and Malone. Yeah. Stockton has like the assistant steals record that no one's ever going to catch. But, yeah. Okay. And Malone had the, had, was second on scoring for a yeah, long time. Yeah, we don't give him credit. He's a bad person. Okay. So I would just say Stockton and Malone. <laughs> All right, take it or leave it, guys. Jokic just wants to go home to Serbia. Totally yeah. take it. Yep. Okay. I, now we can go I home. Just, yep. I, I love that in his post game and 
it, he's very much like clock in, clock out, right? Like he's very just focused on what he needs to do in the game. And it sounds like he just wants to go home. Even seeing all the videos of him celebrating the clubhouse, he just kind of looked like there's so many memes come out of it. It's like when you turn 30 and you still try to go to the club, <laughs> like he would just hang out in the back like, what am I doing here? Uh-huh. He and was then, tired. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was tired. tired. He was exhausted. But there was a quote that says, uh, when's the parade? Thursday. No, I need to go home. Yeah, he's tired, <laughs> man. Like, it, it's so draining to go through. And and he's the, the, the key component, the key cog. He's the one that is doing the the most of the work. He He's tired. Like, I just want to yeah. go home, man. Yep. Like, give me a couple of days to rest. <laughs> I'll see you all on Thursday whenever the parade is, and then you won't see me for he about two weeks. He just FaceTimes in weeks. from the parade. You'll see, you, you'll see him in October. That man that man goes to Serbia for the entire offseason unless he has work. to leave Serbia to play for the Serbian national basketball team. Hey, it works. It's working. I, I mean, you can't you can't hate him for that, right? I love him for that. Yeah. Kidding me? Just ride horses. Beautiful, chubby man. All right, what do you got, Matthew? <laughs> Take it or leave it. The KC Royals will finish with a better record than the Cardinals. I'm going to leave that. Wow. I know that that's... <laughs> what are we doing, man? Well, <laughs> that that's like even a said, thought that like we could have. Zoo's going to beat Illinois doing? at something. Kerry, just the, the disgust in his voice uh, right yeah, there. It's kind of the same. Uh, I'm going to leave that. The Royals are 18 and 48. As yeah. are the Oakland. The Oakland Athletics are 18 and 50. But the Oakland Athletics seem to be having fun. They they uh did you see them break of, the Thor hammer the other day? Killing the NL Central. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. look they look for some realignment. <laughs> yeah. The Royals are eight and a half games behind the Cardinals. Killing the NL Central. It's a, the, that's one thing that I think we can safely uh, say the the Royals are not going to pass the Cardinals in the standings. There you go. <laughs> Randy, do you have any other confident things you have about the Cardinals season right now other than that one? No, not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Take it or leave it. Kyrie Irving is the kiss of death for whatever team he's on. Take it. Leave it. He won a championship. He hit the game-winning shot against the Warriors. Leave it. Then he decided, oh, I'm the best player on this team, not the second best player of all time. That was a young person's mistake. But the second best And you learn from it, and you grow. (sighs) He ruined the—he tried to ruin the Celtics. He (laughs) messed up— Big three in Brooklyn. That no, no, been no, 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 no. You asked a Celtics fan, he succeeded. He, he, he didn't show up. He didn't play. That was, well, Ben was there, wasn't he? Ben Simmons, wasn't he the, the original no, he big three? Oh, no, no, no. They traded him Harden. for Harden. Okay, it was, yeah, it no, it's, yeah, uh, they he, played like 30-some games together, 20-some games. Right, well, a lot of that was because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Well... I, I don't I don't judge anyone for their thoughts on on vaccination. Well, he, he, he didn't own. help his team. He wasn't there when he could have been. Oh, that's where we differ. Uh, that, judge the hell out of him on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, that's the bottom line. Regardless of how you feel about it, could well, he have been there? Yes, and he wasn't. Uh, well, that's that, to me. That's a little different. He was. He didn't want to. He didn't trust what the the vaccine was. That's fine. He could have been there for his team. He could have competed. Congrats. Some to people him. will do anything to try to win. Some will. Congrats, sir. That's the only shot I won't take. Michael Porter Jr. on that one. Uh, take it oh, or leave it. Come on. Just saying. Uh, take it or leave it. Waiting for O'Neal to get healthy and then expecting him to be productive is asinine. I don't still think it's asinine. I think it might be a little foolish. Find this guy? Yeah. Yeah. It, he just has not been healthy consistently for In a while. a long time. How frustrating yeah. like, is ever. that? It is very frustrating. I, I, it's very frustrating, I'm sure, for everyone involved, the organization, Tyler O'Neill as well, because, you know, there was a lot to do with him changing his routine this offseason and staying here in St. Louis specifically 
to make sure he could play more games. Um, and it's just obviously hasn't worked out. I was, uh, and we all had a chance to visit with one of the great St. Louis guys, Alan Bennis, the other night. And uh, we, we were at Adam Wainwright's uh, Swing for Impact event to benefit uh, Big League Impact over at Top Golf. And I was standing getting food with Alan Bennis. And I said, you know what? Because we've got all this Mexican food, we've got like uh, burrito shells and chicken and fajita stuff. And, and <laughs> I, I said, you know, they need this back in Major League Clubhouses now because they have chefs now with like real healthy mm-hmm. food in Major League Clubhouses. He said, you're exactly right. He said, one of the things Tom Pagnazzi told him, and it's an old baseball axiom, you can't pull fat. <laughs> and one of the things, I'm telling you, Tyler, I know you listen every single day, enjoy some Mexican food. Go to Chipotle today or Qdoba and uh, get yourself a big giant burrito and just wolf that sucker down and you'll feel a lot better and you won't pull as many muscles. I would love for that to be my assignment in life. Wouldn't that be great? Extra right? avocado. Like you just eat whatever, whatever junk you food you wanted. That would be nice. Extra avocado crema because crema is just mayo. So are you are you wanting to him to get like Vogelbach? Yeah, that'd be That's great. <laughs> I, I would love to see that. When's the last time you saw Vogelbach pull a hammy? <laughs> Did he get injured recently, or am I just imagining that? Maybe. I don't know. No, he he needs to look up at, at Luke and Baker and be like, okay, because look, I saw Luke and Baker on Sunday too. He's a, he's not he's a big fella, not just because he's six seven. He's a big fella. Yeah. yeah. So okay, couple of questions here. What the hell's the point of getting a bowl when you go to Chipotle or Keto? I get one. I get a bowl. I get a burrito, man. Oh, the bowls are so good the bowls though. Are so much That's where it's at. Guys are too healthy. Okay. No. No. I mean, it's. I think it's more enjoyable. What do you I think, do, I do, too, because that, that burrito falls apart. As soon as but you bite into it, then it's all over the place, and now you got to got your hands all messy. <laughs> and yeah. and, it's, it's and then if you get some chips on the side, you can kind of oh, do some scooping, easy scooping. Okay, the and then the other thing, again. why would anybody go through the line at one of these fine establishments and not get sour cream on their, on their item? Oh, Randy, maybe they're trying to be healthy. What if I don't Some like pe- Randy doesn't understand this because Randy's final meal, whenever he is no longer <laughs> here, is going to be the best meal he is. He's not going to eat anything. To, That's you won't be eating goal. rice cakes on your way out. <laughs> I will no. not. No. You're not going to no. you're not gonna, you're not gonna okay. choke on a rice so cake because no it's just salad? No. <laughs> CD. CD. I, 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 put, I put some thought into this. Okay? So <laughs> your death meal? going to be a... Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's, 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 well, I'm, you never know. I, this I, is I, dark. I might have some blackout rage. I might wind up in prison. You never know. <laughs> oh, Randy. You never know. Okay, so it's, it's going to be a, like a, a giant ribeye from Smokehouse Market out in, uh, I mean, a, an Annie Gunn's big time ribeye. Okay. All right. I'm I'm getting tater tots. Okay. Okay. I'm. It's my last meal, so I don't need to worry about you know what happens two hours after. Arteries right? clogged. Yeah, don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm getting salt and smoked mac and cheese. Okay. All right. I'm going to do grilled asparagus. What? Why? <laughs> you might. Why? Because I like it. Because I, okay. I, I, okay. I like it. Right. And then I'm going to get like a monster piece of, well, maybe I'll just get the whole thing, uh, like chocolate cherry cheesecake. Oh, okay, Randy. Okay. You're, you're going to be sick. You're like, you're, you're going to. It's my last meal. Okay. So you, you're I'm not dying. worried about. No. They're going to have to roll you in they, to they wherever are. you go. <laughs> yeah. You're going to so, be so full. And, and you're and not going to yeah. be able to breathe. And I'm eating everything. <laughs> right. All of it? I'm going to stop breathing hours after this anyway. Okay. So, no. so it's matter. My, yeah. So that's the, that's the direction I'm going. And so, yes, uh, to, to uh, the point here, uh, the last thing I eat is going to have been good. 
Mm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good approach. Right. I I just realized something. Didn't you say that we were getting carrot cakes? Yeah, you did say that. You know what? Here's what happened. Got uh, I did say that. I, so <laughs> you we, think that we'd forget about that, no. Randy? <laughs> we, so did I tell you guys we got the patio sealed? So oh, the, yeah. the Traeger was on the grass and it was oh. leaning backward. So I had to get the Traeger because we had to wait for the patio to dry. So I was not able to, and I was. No I thought about it all day. But yes, you will get uh, carrot cakes this week. No, we no question. Oh, we're we're definitely waiting. Okay. I don't need it. I'll take carries. I don't need it. There you CD. Go. Okay. I don't need it. I'll take a bite. But Matthew I don't. needs one. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm you, you, you got one more, Matthew? Yeah, take it or leave it. Messi coming to MLS is the pivotal moment for the league, and we can expect to see more superstars in the coming years. I think people are going to be upset with how much money he makes, yeah. and I think that there's going to be a lot of jealousy, and I just think this is going to be a messy situation. No. Oh, oh wow. Randy. <laughs> how many times does a team get like, how many times does he go off for a hat oh. trick against a team before people really start complaining? So his contract's being paid by... MLS season pass and Adidas from the league and we're part of the league so isn't that kind of our money and he just rolled us 3-0 with a hat trick like of his own. You don't like better man. Hmm. You don't like your play better. I don't I don't feel. And when his buddies from when, Barcelona when, start showing up and you get slaughtered 7 nothing. If you don't like it play better. Does he play a good 200 foot game? <laughs> he plays a pretty good game. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't I think it's like I don't I mean technically I don't know which uh, which field is he on cuz like it the dimensions of the field changes depending on That's where right, you're playing. So I'm a 198 foot game. I don't know, I'm not sure. I just I just don't have any sympathy for professional players when they get rolled, steamrolled. Yeah, but this is I mean this I is, don't care. But this is like this is like after <laughs> Reggie White retired. Yeah, he 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 suited cool. up for Michigan for a couple games cool. and you Here's had to block him. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you know how many people tell you, hey, tell me, I could do that, I could do Yeah, we'll do it. He would have thrown you 30 yards Man, on the sideline. Reggie Miller, Reggie, Reggie White in half. Cut him. He would have picked you up. No, we don't cut defensive ends. And tossed you. We don't block defensive ends, we cut them. So right. you don't have to worry about me blocking them. I think, it's a, good thing. That's what it's I think like. it's a good thing to have Messi coming over and growing MLS as well, too. <laughs> because also the ticket sales have grown a lot as well, too. And I think that's a benefit. Especially MLS is one of the fastest growing sports here in the U.S. And especially with younger audiences, too capitalizing on that and I've already seen I saw somebody texting the other day like oh it's just a washed up like old superstar like it's Lionel Messi it's a pretty hey, big name coming over if you don't like the way Messi is playing in your league you just go all Zinedine Zidane on him it's, and hit but somebody uh, yep Get it done. Yep. His brain is as affected by that as <laughs> don't, anybody's. Don't go around insulting people's mothers. <laughs> <laughs> that Italian guy rightfully got like ostracized from Italy for doing that, even though they won the World Cup because of it. It's uh, called mind oh, games. Uh, yeah, no. Ready, I think it was. And he, he, yeah, he insulted his mom, and that's why he did it. And as soon as the Italians found out what he well, said, they were like, "Yeah, we're not, we're not rolling with you anymore, buddy. Yeah. Sorry." There you go. It's a uh, back in the day in in American sports, you'd take a guy out. <laughs> It was good, back clean, fun. It sure was. Yeah. Back it sure in the was. day. Yeah, hit back him, in my day. Throw it right at him. <laughs> yeah. Head butt him, whatever. <laughs> hit him right after the play. <laughs> hey, don't do that. Oh, you won't do it anymore. <laughs> Coming up, do the Cardinals have a real problem with their biggest free agent signing? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. 
is 8.05 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke, Carey, and Randy, the Cardinals fall 4-3 to the Giants last night at the ballpark. The Cardinals have lost 10 of 13. And after the game, Wilson Contreras told John Denton of MLB.com, quote, I'm looking for answers for sure, but we're playing poorly, and that's really the only answer right now. We have 16 losses by one run, and it's really frustrating. I think throughout the year, we haven't come together as a team, and that's something that's showing up right now. Then the money quote from Contreras, and Brooke brought this to my attention earlier today. This is my first time since I've been in the big leagues that I have struggled this bad. He has just two extra base hits during a a two-and-a-half-week slump. He said, quote, I think I've lost my confidence and I lost my trust and lost the trust that I came into the season with. It just went away. I don't think I know I have to keep going. Right now, I have to find ways to get myself going. I've been hitting the ball hard, but right two people. That's something that's out of my control, but man, I just have to keep playing hard. The the fact that he says, I've lost my confidence and I lost my trust is kind of an alarming quote if you are in the Cardinal organization and you helped sign him to that contract. Yeah, well, and also, too, if you pair that with what he said earlier, where he also mentions that it feels like they haven't come together as a team yet. I think that that's very telling and where the direction of this quote's going. And it could be slice and dice a million different ways. I think we've all seen, obviously, watching the games that Wilson Contreras has gone through a slump. He's just 5 for 59 in his past 18 games with only two home runs and three RBI. And the thing is, is it's bad because what was the whole purpose of bringing him in? He's going to be an offensive bat mm-hmm. or catcher for you. And he. we've seen spurts of that. But I also don't think it's a big stretch to believe that what happened earlier in the season has greatly affected him mentally as a player. I don't see I, I don't see how it wouldn't. I don't know how it wouldn't affect anybody, honestly, after you have an organization so publicly throw you under the bus, even though they're the ones that how many times did we say that earlier? They were the ones that went out and sought him. This was not a arranged marriage. This was something that took a lot of thought and preparation. Also, it's not a surprise who he is. He was quite literally in your division. You had years of watching him. You mentioned that you have been watching him for years. And it was the meeting down in Florida right before the signing that sold you on him. And so you had that belief that he would be able to come in. And look, nobody said he was going to be the next Yachty. He even said that. The Cardinals organization said that. It was more of that he would be more of an offensive bat than Yachty was. And It just seems like everything since the beginning of the season with him being thrown under the bus, that there's no way that that wouldn't affect a player. I wonder if the well-deserved ego of the Cardinals, because they've done a lot of winning, and over the years, they've had a lot of players perform better in St. Louis than they've performed elsewhere. But I wonder if in this particular instance, the Cardinals' ego got the best of them. Because last year at the trade deadline, Jeff Passan wrote about how teams, if they traded for Contreras, were not going to trade for him as a catcher. They were trading for him as a designated hitter. The Cardinals clearly thought they could fix him. It thought when they benched him as a catcher early in the season that they could change him. And as we heard Joe Madden, his former manager with the Cubs, say, 
Joe Madden essentially had a coach dedicated to helping Contreras and the catchers in yeah. Chicago. Uh, the Cardinals, I don't believe, I don't, I don't know who the Cardinal catching instructor is in the organization right now. For years, it was the late Dave Ricketts who was great. For several years, it was Mike Matheny before he became the manager. I don't know who teaches that aspect of the game for the Cardinals now. Whoever it is, they could use at the major league level because, uh, as Joe Madden said, he had a guy who was dedicated to prepping Wilson Contreras every single day. And Wilson Contreras not only was a catcher for a World Series team, but multiple playoff teams in Chicago, too. Well, and that's where I'm not going to exactly feel sorry in a lot of ways for the Cardinals because you spent the money to get him here. That's an investment, not just for a few years, for five years. And we we talked about this earlier before the show started, too. Those investments with free agents that haven't paid off. Even look at the Dexter Fowler situation, too. And I know that injuries and he just didn't pan out the way you wanted. But this is another situation of a free agent uh, signing not working out. And it gets to the point where it's a bad trend. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you look at the money that they have spent in the last half dozen years on Brett Cecil. I, I don't know if Mike Leak is in the last half dozen, but he's in the last eight. So Leak, Fowler, Contreras, Andrew Miller, Brett Cecil. Uh, it's just remarkable the, the lack of quality the Cardinals are getting out of their free agent signings. They're fortunate that the trades have worked out so well and that they do have at least representative production from a system where they never draft high. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to just throw in the towel with Wilson Contreras. I think it's, like I said earlier, it's a, a mental block that he's having. And when you are performing poorly, you got this huge contract, your team is not performing well, you start to put a lot of that pressure on yourself and feel that, you know, I need to do better, I need to do Mm -hmm. something differently, as opposed to just going out there and having fun. And if they were winning and he was playing, you know, not hitting as well as, hitting at the same rate that he is right now, he wouldn't, he probably wouldn't be as frustrated. But when you couple all of those things, the contract, the poor performance at the plate, and you're losing, it just feels like you start to put a lot of pressure on yourself. And then you you have you know the incident as Brooke talked about earlier where it felt like you were thrown under the bus a little bit. It, it is an uncomfortable situation, and you know the best thing you can do is remember who you are. Mm-hmm. You know you 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 signed this contract because of your ability to play this game. Remember who you are. Remember why you got it. Remember how you got here, and go back and do that, and not and and really block out all of the outside noise. I couldn't. I wouldn't care about what other people had to say because I know. I deserve to be here and Mm -hmm. I earned the right to be here because of the work that I did. Not anyone else, you know, the people that helped me, but not anyone outside that is talking. I'm the one that put in this work, so I have to just dial back into who I am. And once he does that, he'll be back on track. And by the way, Mike Borzello, who was the the guy for Wilson Contreras under Joe Madden with the Cubs, he's a coaching free agent right now. So if you do want to try to help him out, if you're the Cardinals, why not give Mike Borzello a call and bring him in? The, the, uh, Whitey Herzog used to do that. He used to bring in Fred Martin, who taught the uh, split finger to Bruce Suter. When Bruce Suter would struggle, the, the Cardinals would bring Fred Martin into town. Boom, he'd, he'd fix Bruce Suter. Cardinals had a, a – and by the way, the – there was absolutely no ego on the part of the coaching staff then. If John Tudor's high school catcher called him and said, hey, you're mechanically you're changed, and Tudor went to Whitey with it, or, or the pitching coach, uh, Mike Rourke, they'd say, hey, if it's going to make you better, do it. And I think it would be – every organization would do well to bring in somebody who can benefit 
your best person, okay? If there's somebody that, that, that 101 ESPN can bring in to benefit me, bring for a couple of days, you know, that I could work with, I'm all for it. I would hope management would be all for it. You want to maximize your investment, right? You spent $87.5 million on the guy. Yeah. Why not call Mike Borzello and say, hey, what can yeah. you do to help our guy out? Why? Because that, that's the point. Why not? You invested in him. You're the one that sought him out. And yes, and I've already seen somebody bring up Sean Murphy. That ship is sailed. It's mm-hmm. already gone. It's done. He Wilson Contreras is your catcher. You said that he was going to be your primary catcher. That's an investment you made. You publicly went out and said that you need to invest in him and help him succeed. Because guess what? It only benefits the rest of the team as well. It benefits the pitching staff. It benefits um, everything offensively as well, too. And even defensively, I'm looking right now at the coaching staff, too. I don't see anything specifically for the catchers. But, you know, also, too, I it makes sense to me that the pitching staff, too, would be comfortable with Andrew Kisner. They've worked with him over the years. And who did Andrew Kisner work closely with? Yadi or Molina. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he kind of has he's not going to be Yadi, obviously, but he kind of knows how Yadi dealt with this pitching staff and kind of the little nuances that we know that Yadi had with them. It. It's just if you're going to invest in somebody, you need to fully invest in them and not give up on them after 33 games. And I know that they have supposedly moved past that. That's hard to move past when especially you see these quotes coming out from John Denton last night where this is obviously still affecting Wilson Contreras, a guy that you've signed for this team for five years. And you should be giving him the confidence moving forward that, look, we do believe in you, that we brought you here for a reason. We're going to invest in you. And I already saw there's somebody from the 314 that that uh, texted in that mentioned Wilson Contreras with the past balls and some of the mistakes that he's made. It seems like that's just kind of the story of the Cardinals in general this season, right? Where it's you're seeing players make mistakes Everybody. that you're not used to seeing. Yeah, right. Everyone. It, it, it's it's easy to to point out one person because he's the new guy. I mean, he's like the new kid in class. He he's <clears throat> he's the new person here, and it's easy to say he's not like the guy we had before. So everything he does is going to be magnified into to a degree where you wouldn't have seen some of those things from Yachty. Well, he's not Yachty or Molina. So scratch that, remove that from your brain. I know it may be difficult, but you have to. He is the 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 easy target because of all of the things the the, the pitching staff isn't performing well. Oh, Wilson Contreras. Oh, we're not hitting well. Oh, Wilson is batting fifth. Mm-hmm. Why is he de- why is he there? Yeah. All of the things. Oh, pass balls. Okay, well, you know, that ball might have been a little bit farther outside. Oh, he didn't catch the ball at the plate to tag out Dela Cruz. Well, the ball was all the way to the right and Dela Cruz is all the way to his left. There it's easy to find the the to to pick him out as the the one person when this entire team entire team yeah. is doing something not to the to the ability or not to the level of or the standard of the team that it needs to be right now and so you know it, you just gotta if I'm Wilson Contreras I'm telling you I'm just blocking it all out I could not care less what everyone has to say even if it's management teammates. I'm blocking out all of the noise, and I'm going back to doing and having fun and having the joy of playing the game that he's accustomed to having. It doesn't look like, personally, just watching the games, that he's even having as much fun as we've seen. I mean, where you saw kind of like that energy from him early on, and even after that whole debacle, you saw a little bit of spark from him. It just looks like he's kind of weary out there or you you can tell he's lacking that confidence that's our fresh take here on 101 espn coming up we've got the bird watch and then the fight at the bottom of the hour here on 101 espn you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers 
are flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. It is time for Bird Watch. Who wants to go first here? Would you like to, Randy? I'll go first, okay, sure. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> we teed you up for that. Uh, okay, we, we got a text in the last segment talking about Wilson Contreras, about the Cardinals not getting Sean Murphy. And if you read the, the really tied-in people, it kind of leads me to be even more concerned about the Cardinals' talent evaluation of their own system. According to Ken Rosenthal, for Murphy, the A's asked the Cardinals for either Lars Newtbar Brendan Donovan, and a power young pitching prospect like Gordon Graceffo. That's according to the Post-Dispatch. According to Ken Rosenthal, he later reported that the A's wanted Newt Barr or Donovan plus Graceffo. Okay? Newt Barr or Donovan plus Graceffo. Not both Newt Barr and Donovan. The Cardinals were unwilling to trade Newt Barr, Donovan, or Graceffo. They wanted the A's to choose two from a group that included... Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, Alec Burleson, and Juan Yepes. If you look at Newt Barr, Donovan, Graceffo, Carlson, Gorman, Burleson, and Yepes, isn't Gorman the best player in that group? Yep. Isn't, yeah. it, yep. isn't yeah. that alarming that yep. the Cardinals wanted to give up him rather than Newt Barr or Donovan, who they deemed as untouchable for mm-hmm. Sean Murphy? I, I find that to be somewhat alarming especially after the lack of success the Cardinals have had in moving several prospects over the last few years. And I'm glad that they didn't do that. I would rather, all due respect to Sean Murphy, who's a really nice player and a really good catcher, I think I'd rather, especially with Herrera having almost 1,000 OPS at the minor league level right now, that might be another miscalculation by the Cardinals, by the way. But uh, I, I think I'd rather have Nolan Gorman for the long term here in St. Louis. Well, definitely, he's he's your he's going to be. I think he's going to be an All Star this year, and I, I predicted him to be top ten in MVP voting because of how well he's performing so far this year. I think he'll, you know, if we we do the numbers, he end up with thirty thirty five home runs if he continues to mm-hmm. on the pace that he is right now. So, you know, I think he's a <clears throat> a key component to what this offense is, especially offensively because he's done a fantastic job and he's he's batting right between Arenado and Goldie and he's that guy that that you expect to make those hits and make those plays for him. If they would have traded him away, we would be uh in 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 a lot of trouble right now. I think so. By the way, Herrera, the Cardinals 21-year-old minor league catcher, 23 years old, I'm sorry, uh, has a 956 OPS at AAA this year, 6 homers, 34 RBIs, a 296 average. In the Cardinals' defense, he did look completely overwhelmed when he came up last year, but yes. appears to have found himself and might be, might be the best catcher in the Cardinal organization right now. Yeah, I mean, Trace Barrera has like a thousand OPS, right? That's why he kept uh, getting called up. Trace. Right? No, I don't think no? so. Trace might looking more of an insurance that's, policy. That's, I, think so. I, I saw something. That's my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you might have read that stat. I was wrong. trying to rationalize it in my okay. head, I guess. Okay. I, had a, no I had a dream. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Trace does have four home runs at the minor league level. Cool. Like Ivan is more. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. I'll just put that in my pocket. So we <laughs> we were talking a lot about one run games and how the Cardinals have uh, have struggled in those games. So I'm giving you a, a rundown of a few games. They lost four to three to the Reds on June 11th. There was a 
the thing was the top of the eighth or top of the ninth inning. You had the pass ball by Contreras, which allowed Dela Cruz to get the third. Then you get the infield in, and you get the throw home from from DeYoung, which is offline, and Wilson is not un, un, is unable to make that tag. That's that's one. That's a, that's a run that scores where you lose that game four to three. You got Texans uh, versus the Texans. I put Texans. I'm so oh. football versus yeah. the Rangers, <laughs> June fifth, bottom of the ninth. Arnado has that fly ball that he misplays, which allows the runner to get the second. That runner eventually comes around. They get the walk-off single. You get June 3rd against the Pirates. Arnado, bottom of the sixth, Arnado has an error, a throwing error, which allows the runner to get on. They pinch run. That runner gets the second. You get a double, which scores two runs. Next batter comes up, gets a single. That scores a run. You get three runs in that inning. Those are three games where you allow, where you lose by one run and one misplay allows them to not win that game. It's really not one single person. It's all of it. It's not the it's not always the bottom of the ninth or the bottom of the eighth mm-hmm. inning. It's not the top of the ninth inning that you you remember. That play against the Pirates was the sixth inning. And you get an, a, a throwing error which allows the runner which allows things to start up and you just can't get out of the inning and now they score three runs in that inning and you end up losing that game four to three. So when you're talking about one-run games, you're looking at the entire game and realizing there's one mistake, one thing that happens. I talked about the the, the base running, what I thought was a blunder by Donovan by not going to th- third when um, the, the shortstop and, and Dela Cruz ran into each other. There's no one there. You have to make those plays as a team when you're playing this tough and these close of games and you're not finding ways to win. It's just one thing here and there that 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 allows you to not finish the game in the right way. When you have a one-run lead and you walk a hitter, especially the leadoff yeah. hitter, yes. inevitably that guy's going to score and you're going to lose the lead. Well, yeah, and it, so seven for sixteen in games decided by one run this season. That's that's pretty bad. And, and the other thing too, it's like what I was talking about yesterday. It just seems like this season, the identity of this group so far, sadly, is that they crack under pressure. Pressure, and they're sloppy. Yes. Very, very, very it, it's it's and it's the players. We're going to get into mm-hmm. that later because <laughs> I am really on that. But it's the it's the men in the field. It's the guys that are on the field and taking care of their business or not taking care of it when the opportunity presents itself. There we go. It, it took my bird a little bit longer to land. Uh, my, my bird watch is going to be some injury news. So Ryan Helsley, we kind of noticed lately that he hasn't been utilized that much. And so you're starting to wonder what's going on there. Well, we got our answer yesterday. Ryan Helsley was placed on the injured list with a forearm strain. That's always concerning because forearm is close to some other very important parts. It leads to Tommy John. Let's just say it. I don't want to say say that. It could could be something else, so I don't Mm -hmm. want to say that, but I think we all know how things connect, right? Yeah. And so that's very concerning. Yeah, yeah. That's a good song. (laughs) It it helps us in this situation. It really does. Uh, Jake Woodford was also recalled from Memphis. So with Helsley out... Um, you're going to have Giovanni Gallegos getting the most of those save opportunities. So this is something that, luckily, this bullpen has been pretty healthy thus far, and it's it's a pretty hard hit to have for this group. Yeah, it's a shame, because Helsley was the best reliever in baseball last year. And re- 
he, he's had his moments this year, but it's kind of weird that he really, as great as he was and as consistent as he was last year, ever since the blow up yes, against Philadelphia, it seemed like up. a different guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was, what was that again? Was that his thumb that was bothering him? Uh, middle finger. Oh, middle yeah. finger. Yeah, ever since then, it kind of seems like he's been a little bit shakier. But yeah. he's somebody that you do need, especially when he's healthy. No doubt. And by the way, Jake Woodford, 0-1 with a 3.38 in three games in his return to Memphis this year. I hope they like his slider. Yes. It's, you, you, can, you can be awesome, but if they don't like your slider, you're going to find yourself <laughs> in the minor leagues. That's, how, that's the way it goes. It's all about the process. How baseball trust, goes. trust the process. That is your bird watch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, do we have a fighter? That means we're going to have a fight. We've, uh, I got the thumbs up from Matthew that we've got a fighter. So the fight is coming your way next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke, Gr- Brooke Grimsley. Sorry about that, Brooke. It's okay. I've been, I've been called everything. I've, I've been called Grimesley. Oh, the Grim Grimes. Reaper I love. Yeah, Grim Reaper. I love that. If one. I was a hockey player, that'd be my nickname. Or Grimmer. 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 Yeah. Grimmer. Grimmer the Grim Reaper. Our fighter today is Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing? How are you doing? Doing well. Are you ready to take on Randy? Uh, yes, sir. All right, here we go. Who won last year's Conn Smythe Trophy as the MVP of the 2022 Stanley Cup Finals? Is it Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, or Gabriel Landenskog? Uh, McKinnon. Which pitcher did the Cardinals ship out to acquire Fernando Vina prior to the 2000 season? Is it Juan Acevedo, Lance Painter, or Manny Ibar? Manny Ibar. Who is the last 100% true center to win finals MVP, now known as the Bill Russell Trophy? Is it Kevin Garnett, Ben Wallace, or Shaquille O'Neal? Shaq. Which Cardinals Hall of Famer and former National League MVP was known as the Fordham Flash? Is it Mort Cooper, Marty Marion, Frankie Frisch? I have no clue, so I'll go with the middle answer. All right, we will double check that score. We will bring in Randy Carricker. Kyle, you are ready to roll. Are you uh, you driving right now? I am. Yeah, I, you driving to work? I'm in my trash truck. Uh, okay. Oh, nice. You're at work. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, Randy is walking in. He doesn't have anything in his hand, so he Kyle, you I may had, be. I had a banana. Oh, he had his protein. All right, he had a banana. So we'll see if potassium. Uh, he's ready to take on you. Say hello to Kyle, Randy. Kyle, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. Who was the la- who was last year's Conn Smythe Trophy winner as the MVP of the 2022 Stanley Cup Final? That would have been. Um, the Colorado Avalanche. And I believe that would have been uh, number eight, Kale McCarr. 
Neil McCarr, the defenseman. Who's going to win it this year? Uh, this year, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. That is a good question. Matthew Kachuk. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. that was that would require. Might have to win a few. Uh, anyways, which pitcher did the Cardinals ship out to acquire Fernando Vina prior to the 2000 season? Okay, so Fernando Vina had been with the Brewers, where he got leveled by Albert Bell. <laughs> And I believe uh, there's a song about this picture. Juan Acevedo. He was a Juan Acevedo. I'll go with him. Juan Acevedo. It's a beautiful song. The Cardinal Juan Acevedo. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go with... I don't, know, uh, I don't know if he's playing a trick on us right now or, or what's happening. <laughs> Former I'm, Cardinal... Uh, what is happening right now? That's a, no, there's a, there's a song about him. Never heard there's it. A song. Oh, he was a, he, You're being 100 percent serious right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get well, them. no, not really. But there's a song. Yeah. I think it's one ton, one ton tomato. It's a, it's a song that is song you. on okay. cruises. I was and trying stuff. to figure out what the heck one was going on here. Tomato. So Juan Acevedo was a closer and a starter for the Cardinals. <laughs> Swell guy, uh, and uh, I think he. <laughs> what, is that, what does that mean? Yeah, just a good guy. Good guy. <laughs> He got good. traded for for, I, for uh, future Gold Glover Fernando Vina. By good, the way, good pitcher. Uh, Juan Acevedo, he yeah. was okay. Okay. But Fernando Vina was a go-to media guy. One of my uh, all-time yeah. favorites. Okay. All right, Randy, who was the last 100% true center to win the finals MVP, now known as the Bill Russell Trophy? Uh, Nikola Jokic. Prior to Nikola Jokic. Prior to Nikola Oh, now you change it on me. True center. 100% true center. Okay, we have this debate, don't we, in this, uh, <laughs> in this room all the time? My opinion does not matter. The answer to this question Clearly, is not determined by my opinion. Your opinion is, is your opinion, sir. Throw it out the window. Can you keep that same energy? No. Uh, <laughs> so, knowing who wrote the questions... Do you want the option? I'm saying throw my opinion out the window. You want the options. I guess I, 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 guess I need them. I worded the question away for a reason. All right, here we go. Kevin Garnett, Ben Wallace, or Shaquille O'Neal? I don't think Ben Wallace won with Detroit. I think Rashid might have won. Or Prince or somebody. I'm going to go with Shaq, and I'm sh- I'm absolutely 100% stunned that Tim Duncan's name <laughs> is not among the possibilities here. Because clearly he's a center, in Rock's opinion. Shaq, I'll go with Shaq. Okay, Shaq. Which Cardinals, <laughs> which Cardinals Hall of Famer and former National League MVP was known as the Fordham Flash? The Fordham Flash uh, from Fordham. Uh... The Fordham Flash. I I know the nickname. So, Roger Hornsby was the Raja. National League MVP. Fordham Flash. I can't believe I don't know this right off the top of my head. This is stupid. Um, And it was was old-timey. So, was it... uh, Who did... I'm trying to think of who Horns begot. Frankie Frisch. Uh, was he the Fordham Flash? Was it? It wasn't. I guess I'll go with. Uh, it's really old timey. Um, there's so many names. I mean, a slaughter comes to mind. Um, 
good news. So, yeah, it's, uh, I guess Frankie Frisch or Enos Slaughter. I'm going to go with one of those guys. Or should I go with Hornsby? The Flash, though. Hornsby wasn't really. I, I guess I'll go Fordham. Um, I know this is a mistake, and I know I'm going to be bummed that I don't get it, but I'm going to go with Enos Slaughter. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sorry. Once you lock it in, you lock it in. I just want to double, double check something real quick. We have a winner. <laughs> what are you double checking? Don't worry. Lauren, oh, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't like fight. the sound it's of that. It's fine. Nothing happened weird. Don't worry. <laughs> Please. We have a winner weird. in today's fight. See, Carrie, you're the worst. Poking bears and everything. Ring that bell. <laughs> the winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carriker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Randy Carricker gets three out of four right today. He beat you at 3 1 today, Kyle. Oh, uh, but that's all right. And he almost uh, he almost got the jack. Let's go through those answers. Who won last year's Smythe Trophy as the MVP of the 2022 Stanley Cup Final? It was, in fact, the defenseman that no one else can hit, uh, Kale McCarr. He's ridiculous, and he was preposterous. And I think it's going to be Jack Eichel if, if the uh, Golden Knights okay. win tonight. I think it's that uh, he's got he's been scoring pretty well for them. Which pitcher did the Cardinals ship out to acquire Fernando Vina prior to the 2000 season? Uh, Randy, you were correct. What's the song again? One Acevedo. There it is. One Acevedo. Uh, and then they eventually send in two other players to uh, complete the trade a few months later. Who is the last 100% true center to win the finals MVP? That's because mm. when he won the finals MVP in 2005, David Robinson was still on the Spurs. Therefore, I acquiesced that no. he was a power forward when he won that. Oh. So Shaquille O'Neal is the last 100% true center. The winner of the Pistons, by the way, uh, finals MVP, Chauncey, Chauncey Billups oh, okay. uh, in 2004. Not a center. And yeah. which Cardinals Hall of Famer and former NL MVP was known as the Fordham Flash? It was Frankie Frisch, Eno Slaughter, despite a 300 career average, a Hall of Fame spot in four World Series, never an MVP. Frankie Frisch, the first ever Cardinal to win MVP in 1931, though. Hmm. So a 3-1 win for Randy Carricker in today's fight. Again, thank you, Kyle, so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. All right, thanks, guys. Good job, Kyle. Here's my thought yeah. process there, that uh, a guy that played, like, in the yeah. 20s probably didn't go to college, mm. which is a stupid thing because Lou Gehrig went to college, so he probably... Uh, should have connected more dots there. Gosh, so stupid. There's no right. way. How did you yeah. come up with those names? It's, it's a little amazing. ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, Slaughter never won an MVP. Um, you, you know what? I was just, I, I, I knew that. That that was just not, uh, I, I forgot the that wording of the question. So anyway, that's the way it goes. Good job, Randy. Thank I think you. you did a great job. Yeah, 3-1 yeah, win, not bad. I was uh, hoping for chaos Fun there. Acevedo. What? That's a I was beautiful song. Okay. 100%. True center. Yes. Intriguing question. I'll yes. even acquiesce. Duncan's not a 100% center. What? Oh, way to go, okay. Rock. Proud of you. Good job. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Kerry Davis is of the unwavering belief that if a team is, str- is struggling, it's on the players. So, how do the players get better when they're struggling and it's not that on them? Kerry's going to tell us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, 
Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Great to have you with us. And as the Cardinals uh, struggle through this season, they're 13 games under 500. There are people out there, even textures that we have to this very show that want the Cardinals to replace their manager. Kerry Davis is of the opinion that replacing the manager is not really the answer, that it's on the players. And the Cardinals do have a a lot of young players uh, that uh, you would think need leadership and coaching to improve. But CD is of the belief that it's on the players. So the question becomes, if it's not on the manager, how do the players take it upon themselves to get better and be a better team? You have to do what you know how to do, what got you to that position. Nolan Arnado knows how to field a ball at third base and throw a runner out. He has to do that. He knows how to catch a ball in in short left field and and you know make that play. He knows how to do that. Paul DeYoung knows how to throw the ball, you know, from <laughs> when the infield is in to home to throw a runner out because you practice it. Wilson Contreras knows how to block a ball from getting past him. Those he are does. The, I'm <laughs> he's done it. He's, it has happened before. So those are things that you are familiar with. Those are skill sets that you have. Those are the things that got you to the big leagues and allowed you to sustain success in the big leagues. And the Cardinals players have to play better. They have to perform better. They have to, you know, when they're at the plate, make contact and, and, and move runners over. Those things, you know, maybe that's a, a philosophical thing where moving a runner over is is not the Cardinals' template or what they do. But when you are in the field and when you are playing the game to your ability, that's your job. And it's your job, meaning literally it's your job. That's what you do for a living. One of the things that used to drive me crazy when I played football, people would be, what do you got to do tomorrow? I, mean, I got to get up. I got to go to work. You don't work. You play football. No. I have a job, and if I don't perform the tasks at that job, I will be fired. Just like if people that are listening now don't perform the tasks of their job, they will be fired. And so the notion that you're going to go to the ballpark, the Cardinals played 19 games in a row. The notion that you're going to go to the ballpark every single day and field ground balls like it's Major League and you're Roger Dorn taking them off the chest, trying that's not realistic because – They play at night, they sleep, and then they get to the ballpark and prepare for the next game. Are there times where the fundamental parts of it have to take place? Definitely. And do they do that? Yes. But at the end of the day, as a coach, your job is to prepare your players for in-game situations. Your job as a player is to perform in-game situations. And if you don't do that, you don't have those opportunities. You get fired, slash cut, or traded, moved from your spot, and you don't get the same opportunities to do that. It's not all. It's not solely on the coaches to make sure that that happens. The players have to perform. So one quick one for you, and I just want you to give the honest answer here because it's, I'm sure there's people driving down the road. How does Jordan Walker get better? He has to work at it. He has to but go who, out. Who he, helps him? The coaches. Okay. But 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 when the ball is in the air in the seventh inning, ain't no damn coach out there to tell him how to get it. He has to go do it based on the 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 work that he has done. The work takes place. But at the end of the day, this notion that there is not work being being done or there is not work happening that's crazy yeah. to me. That that that's nuts. That's like when a football team can't tackle. Oh, they don't practice tackling in practice. 
Yes, they do. They just didn't make the tackle in that moment because that player didn't perform his job. It's no different than you or anyone else not performing a task to the best of their ability at their job in that particular moment. Hopefully, prayerfully, you get another opportunity to redeem yourself. If not, you may not because you may be fired because of it. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But that's what's going on for the Cardinals right now. In the moment, the players are not performing to their ability the things that they are coached to do. One last thing. I'm sorry, Brooke, I've just totally hijacked this segment. But (laughs) what do you you think happens like with last year's Phillies? What do you think happened last year when Joe Girardi got fired, Rob Thompson took over, and they wind up in the World Series? The players decided that that they're going to be next if the if the coach is fired, guess who's next? The coach is always the fall guy. The coach is always the answer. And they and and the collectively, them guys, those guys said, "Hey, <laughs> we just got one guy about it. You know what happens next? If they start firing coaches, players are next on the list. Y'all don't want to get fired. You better start playing better. But they all the, have guaranteed contracts. They CD. still get, uh, baseball is different than mm-hmm. you. You may be not fired, but guess what? Not playing is essentially the same thing, and eventually you will be out of the league. So if you aren't taking care of your business, your opportunities start to become limited. Yeah. And well, and look, here's the thing. I 100% agree. The players have not been playing up to their expectations. If you, I know that we talked about this last week, if you just threw out everything that you knew about this season, we go back to the beginning, just a quick restart button. You would think without knowing how this is all playing out right now, you would think the potential of this team, we were, wor- we were more worried about if they were going to get past the first round of the playoffs again, because it seemed like it would be easy for them to win the division. And look, the division is very weak, so there's still a chance. And maybe that's why we're not seeing exactly the sense of urgency from the front office because they know how weak this division is. But at the same time, when you have players who are not performing to their full potential and ability that we know that they can, and you're having, I mean, defensive miscues, you're having players who are, their numbers are down from years past, it's always going to, people are going to look at the coaching staff. And if they're properly evaluating and bringing the best out of the players, that's just the way that it goes. Because if there wasn't a purpose for the coach staff and the manager then there wouldn't be the the the, the, i'm reading a text here it says you're a coach that belittles uh the difference between good and bad coaches do you know how many times how many randy i i I just did it this weekend last week how many times i have literally worked on something with a young man and he goes out and does the exact opposite now this is a child in comparison to a professional athlete but it still happens you can work at something over and over and over again and in the moment the athlete does not do their job that's why you have players that play every day you have players that are going to be all-stars and then you have players who are going to be hall of famers there is a difference in those levels and the guys that are just playing every day or not playing every day are the guys that can't do the fundamentals every single day this cardinals roster they have to play certain people because of the talent that they have they know that nolan arenado is going to play third base Mm-hmm. If he throws a ball in the dirt and Goldie isn't able to pick it, are you going to take uh, Arenado out? No. You're going to say, hey, you got to make that play because we've seen it. You've built up enough credibility to show us that you've done that and can do it. But th- that's not a lack of fundamentals on Nolan Arenado's part. It's just a bad play. So when you have players making bad plays over and over and over again, either 
as Coach Venturi said, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it. And sometimes at this point, they're probably allowing it because they have to. Well, and also, too, think about how many of the mixed messages we're getting. Because even going back to the Wilson Contreras situation, that's something that even though the players do have to put that away, they have to store that away, you have to move past it, to say that it doesn't affect Wilson or the rest of the team, I think would be kind of undermining how things affect these players mentally. Because that was that was a big, giant blow as well. And I just want to point out, too, with Mike Schilt, we, we talk about that Matheny era, right, and how the fundamentals were lost. And we give credit to Mike Schilt for putting that back on track. If you can give credit to Mike Schilt for putting it back on track, then you have to kind of almost look again at what exactly is going on with this group fundamentally now. Well, and you can go back through the history of this organization, and we could call 10 Cardinals right now. We could call Joe Torrey. We could call Todd Zeal. We could call... Andy Van Slyke, we we can call an array of Keith Hernandez, an array of people and say, who's the most important person in your major league career? And they'll say it was George Kissel because he taught me the fundamentals and how to play the game the right way. And there's a reason that George Kissel is revered throughout the sport because he was an exceptional teacher of the sport and players got better because of George Kissel. And we lost him early in a car accident in 1999, but there's a reason the Cardinal Clubhouse down in Jupiter is called the George Kissel uh, Clubhouse down there. And I'm a strong believer in that the, the best coaches are people who teach the fundamentals well. I, I agree. And and here's the thing. If the Cardinals don't perform well, Ali Marmol could be the one that is no longer here. That doesn't mean that that's his fault. I mean, if if you are teaching the things and guys aren't doing it, then it, it just is part of the game. And everybody understands that part of the business. But the, the, the thought that I saw this text, do you think the Cardinals are not playing for him? I don't think that. You're a professional athlete. I don't give a damn who's mad. Fred Bird could be managing the Cardinals if I'm a professional player. I have a job. This is my job. This is how I feed my family. This is how I take care of my life. It's not just baseball. It's a job. It's what I do every single day. No different from what other people do at their job. My job, the tasks at my job are just different. We're going to get back to this at 930 after we talk to Mike Claiborne, but You'll have an opportunity to win Evolution Festival tickets because of this very conversation. If you text in or leave us a mic drop, we're going to take the best text or mic drop. And 101 ESPN will have your chance to score a pair of weekend passes for the Evolution Festival August 26th and 27th at Forest Park. See Brandy Carley, the Black Keys, the Black Crows, Ben Harper, Ice Cube, and many more at the Evolution Festival. Both weekend and single day passes for the Evolution Festival are on sale now. Get all ticket details at 101ESPN.com or text in. Uh, with your text about this very topic at 9.30, and uh, we'll also take your mic drops. We want to hear from you so that you can get Evolution Festival tickets from 101 ESPN. Coming up next, it's our Rush Hour Reset. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. in St. Louis, now 905. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Uh, four years ago right now, things were hopping over at OB Clark's. They, I think they <laughs> might have had a, a 
the, the chalice over there, and they were probably drinking a lot of stuff out of that chalice. And then as people found out that the Stanley Cup was actually at O.B. Clark's, what a party it was down on the parking lot and then out on the balcony and uh, the players and people around the organization were inside. What a day that was when the Blues returned home from Boston with the Stanley Cup in tow. Yeah, I, I told you, sadly, uh, Maurice Strumman, uh, the sports director at the time over at KMOV, we were stuck at the airport. So we were, after the Blues won the Stanley Cup, we were literally on air to 1 a.m. We had a flight the next day, and United, I, I think you guys remember, remember that time when United was like struggling to find pilots and stuff like that? So it was like a bunch of cancellations, and we were like stuck at the airport. It felt like, I, I can't even remember, it felt like it had to have been like 10 hours by the time we got back to St. Louis. So we were just watching on social media as we saw like Obi Clark's getting taken <laughs> Taken over by the Blues players because you know they they deserve a direct flight they back did. to celebrate. Yeah, and it was like a I I don't do you think when was uh how long did it take them to get like their first rest in? Uh, maybe right uh, some of them <laughs> right before the parade, some of them after <laughs> right. the parade. Was it just like a forty eight hour celebration? Yeah, you think? It's about a two week celebration. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. sleep. Yeah, because these guys tiny nap, get home, and then they, I think that night they did something over at the brewery. And then the, on Friday, they partied all day. Yes. Some some took naps on Friday, I think. And then the parade. Some took naps during the parade. They did, yeah. <laughs> and then they also, uh, Wheelhouse was a big hangout. And so there was like a big party at Wheelhouse, I think, the Friday night before the parade. And then, yeah, there were a lot of guys that were... Uh, they probably don't remember that parade very well, but the parade was epic on Saturday, which the anniversary of is on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I remember lots of sunglasses during the parade because uh, mm-hmm. those guys have just been partying, which is what you do, right? Like if you what win the you cup, do. I also think the way that they celebrate with the cup too, where every player gets to take it either to their hometown, wherever they want to take mm-hmm. it. I think that's so cool. I think that's awesome. One of the best celebrations yeah. in sports when it comes to the trophy. I wonder if Petro will go home to Canada or if he'll bring it here. Can you do both? Or is it just no, like a one-day thing? Is it one day? I yeah. thought it was a week. No, just one day. One day? Yeah. Oh, man. So Petro's oh. probably going to take it home to his parents and stuff, I would think. Mm, but his in-laws are here. Yeah. I'm not doing that one day. In-laws, yeah. parents. Yeah. yeah. Off-season home. Carrie, there's handlers right there. They're following you around. Yeah. You, kinda have, you have to kind of give it back to them. That's cool. But, by the way, Petro already did take 24 it. 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pet- Petro took it home in 2019. <laughs> so it's, you know, everybody got to see it and touch it. Although everybody got to see it and touch it in St. Louis, too. I don't well, know. My favorite know. part was when Maroon is when Maroon won in a couple different times. Like those summers, there was just like yeah. parts of Oakville that were shut, shut, like completely shut down for like eight hours in a day. You're like, what's happening? Oh, amazing! Yeah. yeah, the Cardinals lost to the Giants in the opener of a three-game series last night at the ballpark, four to three. Giants scoring a run in the seventh to tie it at three, a run in the eighth to win it, four to three, and. San Francisco is a team that is playing very clean baseball. They're another franchise that had people that were all in on the analytics. Farhan Zaidi, their president of baseball operations, and one of the criticisms of their manager, Gabe Kapler, in Philadelphia as as the Phillies manager was that he was overly invested in analytics, and they've gotten away from the reliance on numbers, and they're starting to trust that the fact that there's actually people that are playing the sport, and it has made a big difference for that organization. And right now, Philadelphia, which I don't believe is as talented a team as the Cardinals, not Philadelphia, San Francisco, uh, they'd be in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. Uh, they're, they're pretty darn good, and they evaluate players. They do a really good job. I mean, uh, when you have... 
the the group of players that they have. Haniger and Yastrzemski and Conforto, all of those guys have played for other organizations and are doing really well as their outfielders. They've got a rehabbed group of pitchers that are pitching well for them, but they're just playing good, clean baseball, doing things the right way. And even without a player that's even capable of winning an MVP, San Francisco is right now 34 and 32. And in a playoff spot, and oh, by the way, uh, they're two and a half games behind Skip Schumacher's Miami Marlins, who mm-hmm. have pretty much the same group of players as they had last year. They did get Luis Arise from the uh, the Twins, but Skip has the Marlins in second place in the wild card race in the National League. You yeah. said something there, playing clean baseball, mm-hmm. playing the game, making the correct play, doing the correct things. Those are the things that win you games. And when you have as much talent as the Cardinals team has – and you're able to play a clean game from start to finish, you're going to have a better record than what they have right now. It just hasn't been clean. And and it's it's like guys are just taking turns. It's it's they're they're taking out it's okay, it's my turn to to, to mess this one up. Oh, I, I got it this time. I'm gonna misplay a ball in outfit. Oh, I'm not gonna play this ball correctly in the infield. Oh, I'm not gonna catch this ball correctly. It's just they are taking turns and it's unfortunate because this is a, a really good a really talented team. They're not a good team right now, but they are an extremely talented mm-hmm. team, just not playing to the level that they need to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and that's what's so frustrating about this group. And it seems like that's what you're hearing from the clubhouse as well, is that this is head-scratching. I don't see, for the quotes coming from the clubhouse, I don't see many people pointing the finger at one specific thing. That's the issue, is they can't put their finger on exactly what is going on, other than this is just not working out this season. Somehow, something is not clicking, and that's when you get all the speculation of what moves you need to make, all that stuff. The players are very highly aware, too, of how people feel from the outside. So, mm-hmm. so is the manager, so is the coaching staff, so is the front office. They are fully aware from at least conversations that I've had, too. They're fully aware of the frustration, and it, it seems like everybody's also frustrated trying to figure out that answer in the clubhouse. Well, they're frustrated, and, and yeah. I, I say this, they, they, they can't say it, but I'll say it, because as a player, you know, the fact that the, the fans are more frustrated, I, I forget who said that last year. It was a football player that said it. Was it Justin Fields maybe have said that about the Bears and how they were losing <laughs> and how there's no way a fan is more frustrated than the players in that locker room? There, there, there isn't. This is your job. You're living this every day, day to day. As a Cardinal fan, you get to watch it for a couple of hours. It doesn't go well. Okay, you go home. You're dealing with your children. You're dealing with your wife, whatever it is. You, you go to work the next day. Maybe you talk to your friends about it, but... It's not a consistent thing every single day. As a player, as a manager, front office, you are in this 24 hours a day. And it does not go away when it's when it's going in the manner that it's going for the Cardinals right now. And I want to make a point here about clean baseball because I think anybody that watches the Cardinals knows that there's a lot of players that plays that just don't get made. The Cardinals only have 27 errors. The Giants have 50. They lead baseball. But the Giants don't have balls dropping in like the Cardinals do. And the Cardinals are a minus 18 in defensive runs saved. The Giants are a minus 5. So they aren't great. They're they're pretty close to average. But when you watch them play, base running, defense, there's a lot more plays that are made by the Giants than there are by the Cardinals. So the Giants and Cardinals will play again tonight at the ballpark, and it's a 645 start. 
and you'll see it on Valley Sports with Chip and BT. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, our buddy Mike Claiborne is going to join us. What's Claims looking forward to in New York as they as they make that trek? And can this team at 13 games under turn it around? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And standing by is our buddy, Mike Claiborne, getting ready for our visit with Claibs. You hear him, of course, on Cardinal Broadcasts. And you also get to see and hear his great work and the work of his staff at ClaibsOnline.com. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you all? Everything's terrific. Uh, well, uh, the Cardinals are 13 under, so it's not everything is terrific. But here in the show, we're having <laughs> no. a good time. No, that's... Uh, that, it, it's... Man, you know, it's unfortunate, obviously. And, you know, it's it's something every night, it's, and it's like one play. You know, and it may not be the ninth inning. It may be in the seventh inning, you know, and it's just one play that, that costs them. And I, I guess the silver lining, if there is one, they're not getting blown out. They're not getting embarrassed. You know, they're not losing and having, you know, the second baseman come in and pitch the seventh and eighth innings. Uh, it, it's one of those things. I mean, think about how many times they had the winning or tie run at the plate in the ninth inning. And they just couldn't get it done. And, you know, then you think about, well, why are they in this situation? Well, something happened in the seventh or the eighth inning that they wish they could have back. So, you know, uh, when, you, when you're when you struggling, man, it, it's something different every day. They need a spark. I don't know what that is. I mean, I, I'm personally of the belief the answer to this team is not in the organization. I think we've seen everyone that that can contribute, and that's not it. So, you know, what do you do? And I think that's something we have to wait and see how they're gonna how they're gonna deal with this. Clay, we had a uh, segment earlier. We get a lot of texts from fans saying that this is on management, and and the manager isn't doing his job. And I'm of the the thought process that the players are the ones that are, as you said, it's it's one player, it's one play each inning, uh, or, or randomly in an inning that causes this game to go uh, in the direction that they wanted to go. Which one do you think carries more weight? Is it the manager or is it the players just performing better? I just think it's the lack of execution. Uh, it, you know, from a manager coaching standpoint, this team is as prepared as anyone I've seen. Okay. They, they have a, a myriad of people who prepare every day. They get there early in the morning. They're there, the last ones to leave. And they don't leave many stones unturned. And they have different scenarios for different situations. Um, so I don't think it's, it's more a coaching or a manager thing. You know, now, if you want to say, well, you know, you took a guy, he only had 80 pitches or 85 pitches. You know, the conventional wisdom now is that, you know, you don't want to see young guys face a batting order the third time around. You know, the numbers, they go off the chart with regard to what teams are able to do. I'm of the belief, though, you got to have somebody pitch through it and pitch tough. So you get caught in between on the pitching front. But I think when you look at the other elements uh, I think this is more of a lack of execution and maybe in some cases lack of focus because there have been more mental mistakes than I think physical mistakes this year. Uh, and that's something we don't normally see. But it's not like they're not prepared or they don't know what's going on because, you know, they they meet, they have more meetings than, you know, the board or aldermen do. I mean, it, it, it's something. And I think sometimes <laughs> you get away from playing because you're meeting. And, 
you know, baseball, like any sport, and, and Kerry, you sat in how many squad rooms during the day, your course of your, your career, and you realize, man, there's more classroom work that goes into yes. me getting ready for a Sunday game than you would ever imagine. Yes. So think about this on a daily basis of the meetings and the preparation and everything that goes into it. Some people adhere to it, some don't. Some just go out and play, and that's a, there's a very few guys who have that gift that don't need a meeting. But everybody else needs that edge, that advantage, in order to be able to be better than their opponent. Well, and Klaibs, your favorite holiday is coming up tomorrow, Flag yep. Day. So sure it, is. it is. So Flag Day tomorrow, what what are your thought processes on the team? Uh, and I know it is uh, the 15th. Oh, is it the 15th? Well, it's not the 14th. 14th I'm right. sorry, you're yeah. right. I t- it I, is tomorrow. Hey, I, I, I have it marked on my calendar because I know it's your favorite <laughs> holiday. <laughs> Silly me. I, you know, because somebody called me yesterday and said, hey, I want you to come on the show. And I'm like, no, I think we're traveling that day. But tomorrow is flag day. You are correct. It is. So what we're going to have, hopefully we're going to have, you know, Bob Nightingale is joining our staff. And we're going to try and figure out how to get him on during the course of the day because we have a day game tomorrow. So we'll have to figure out how we pull this off. But, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of things that you see are things that we talked about from the start of spring training. Uh, one of the things I was big on, and I said it to you all on a number of occasions, I'd like to see a little bit more experience in the bullpen, especially uh, another closer with legitimate closing experience. Uh, and I, I stayed on that tip even going back to last year. And I, I still feel like that was a shortcoming with this team with regard to pitching depth. You know, we have a lot of guys out in that bullpen who are in their second, third year and haven't been through a, a war yet. And I think that catches up to you at some point, especially when you don't have a defined role. Uh, Klaibs, I'm going to move off of baseball here because I, I want to do it back in our day. Uh, I, I showed Kerry the, the – I've got the, the YouTube all fired up here. I haven't shown uh, Brooke yet. But people need to go to the YouTube and type in Tim Carney, K-E-A-R-N-E-Y, Tim Carney, Dave Hampton, and uh, see Ooh. what football used to be. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, he was – you know, he was just a notch below the other perennial linebackers in that era. But you knew when the play was over with, you knew you'd been hit. Okay? <laughs> I mean, you were the last one back to the huddle. Uh, he, he was he was ferocious. I mean, he didn't have a lot of range, but if you were within his, then you were going to know it. You you were going to know it. And, they, and the Cardinals didn't have that many good defensive players. That's the other thing. So that's another reason why he stood out. And this is a kickoff return where he clotheslined Dave Hampton and nearly took Dave Hampton's head off. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah, that, just, that's, that's the way did. football used to be. That's the way that was. You know what the referee would say? The referee said, all right, fellas, let's line it up. That's our luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Business as usual, man. Nobody even thought about a flag then. And, and I, I think that we went from one extreme to the other now. I mean, you know, obviously some of those plays were out to injure in Maine. Uh, now it, it's it's to a point where you got to say you got to be kidding. This is football. Yes, uh, and, and we struggle trying to find that middle ground on what's really fair and safe compared to sending a message. And you know, you know what it's like. You you lay a guy out. You send that message to everybody else. Hey, listen, these guys came to play today, and uh, we better be prepared. It's hard for me to watch football at times because they throw the flag when a quarterback gets, uh, you know, he just kind of swipes by him and bl- blows his breath on him too hard. They they throw the flag on the defender. I, I can't stand this this version of football that we we have to watch now. 
well, try coaching it. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you see that as well. Uh, there's got to be – there needs to be a summit of, of, of coaches and officials and, and people in the medical profession to sit down and figure out what actually should this game be about. Um, because I think we've, we've taken it to an extreme. I think the fear of lawsuits and the CTE and all the other things that we're, we're discovering – uh, because medical technology is broken through and determined that, you know, some things aren't as safe as you think. But there needs to be a summit, though, where the players, the coaches, the medical staff, staff you know, and the officials should all have a sit down and say, all right, listen, this is a great chance for us to reshape our game. And, you know, as they go into a new TV deal down the road, and as they expand their brand, this would be a great time for them to sit out and do it and make it safe, but also make it fun and respectable. Hey, Claves, one other thing uh, before we get to what's going on at ClavesOnline.com. Four years ago this morning, we were all celebrating the Blues' first Stanley Cup. You were and are a long-suffering Blues fan. You'd, you'd gone through all the curse stuff. You'd gone through Wickenheiser yeah. and the snipe on You'd gone through Scotty Bowman. You'd gone through Judge Houston. You'd gone through all that stuff. So what was four years ago this morning like for Mike Claiborne? Well, I was still cramping up because I was dehydrated from crying the night before. <laughs> I, uh, you know, for me, not missing this missing games from day one, and as you mentioned, some of the the darker moments, and always the notion, "Don't worry, we'll get it. We'll be better next year." For that to unfold, it probably for me was the most gratifying and numbing thing in my career. Uh, I thought the Super Bowl was won because I've never seen a Super Bowl won by a St. Louis team. I've been part of World Series. I don't want to take anything away from that because that's hard also. But for over 50 years of waiting till next year, and not only do you win, you go to Boston, okay? And this is a team that the last time we were in the finals against them, you know, Bobby Orr scored 10, uh, 30, 40 seconds in the overtime. And, you know, that's a memory I'll always remember. So to beat Boston, a good team, well, you have to be a good team to get to the finals. But, uh, man, it, it was it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever been part of. And it's so fragile, and we're so lucky as St. Louisans and Blues fans that they won that game because look what happened to San Jose after they went to the finals or Nashville after they went to the finals or uh, – you know, myriad other teams, the the Rangers, when they went against the Kings, that just never get back and wind up going down to the bottom. Yeah, you know what? You're right. And and I I give the Blues and the Washington Capitals a lot of credit. You know, they, they could have rolled over this year, but they stay competitive uh, because getting at the end of the line is no fun. Um, and, you know, we, we're not used to that either. So it, it's, it, it's really hard, man. This Stanley Cup, man, this is the hardest trophy in sports to win. And, you know, there's a lot of body parts spread all over these arenas that, that will tell you why. Um, and to try and do it back-to-back or like what we've seen with Tampa, who's found a way to get into the finals a lot over the last few years, it just says a lot about an organization and the dedication of players and coaches and believing in their system. But eventually it catches up to you because you, you when you think about how many games you play and then you have a short summer, and here we go having to do it all over again, it catches up to you. I, I think the shelf life of the team in the National Hockey League is no more than four years. I'm with you. And you have, you have to start over. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have to move players that you don't want to move. 
because you, you need to try and stay relevant. And, you know, Detroit used to do that a lot. And then all of a sudden they started, you know, they, their draft choices that they were getting late in the second round or whatever uh, just didn't pan out. Uh, the Blues have been smart enough to stay away from that. But at some point, you know, you have to figure out how do we bridge that gap. And this will obviously be a critical year uh, for the draft and certainly the offseason on what they're going to do as far as making sure they stay relevant. And by the way, Claves, uh, one of the crunch- crunching things, you go back that to that 96 team, Wayne Gretzky, Hall of Famer at center, Brett Hull, uh, right wing Hall of Famer, Glenn Anderson, left wing Hall of Famer, Chris Pronger, Al McKinnis on defense Hall of Famers, and then obviously Grant Fuhrer, Hall of Famer between the pipes before he got hurt. I don't know that anybody's ever, uh, well, the, the, I guess the Oilers teams did, but uh, no St. Louis team ever put a, a group of players like that out on the ice? No, no. I mean, you had to go back to the 70s when Montreal you know, ran out all those Hall of Fame. I think they had like 11 guys from, from those 70 teams, the 70s teams that got to the Hall of Fame, maybe even more. But you just don't see that. Um, and, and especially you don't see it when you have that many guys and you don't win. That, that's what's even more staggering. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a different game now. Um, you know, I think it, it's spread out a little bit more where Seattle can find themselves playing as long as they did, you know, and they yeah. just walked in the league last year, and Vegas did the same thing a few years ago. Uh, but it, it's a budding league uh, because it's a global. I mean, they're getting players from everywhere, and I think the challenge now is finding enough coaches. I mean, we're, we're recycling coaches at an alarming rate. Uh, if you if you can uh, dust off Mike Babcock, who apparently nobody likes, and make him a head coach again, I'm not sure what that says about the talent, the coaching pool, uh, because you have to have guys who get it and who can get the players. You you have to be able to coach up three or four guys, and then everybody else will follow. If not, then you'll be back um, somewhere else as an assistant or somewhere out of the league. And it's the shelf life of an overripe banana. I mean, both guys this year in the finals are first-year coaches with their teams. Paul Maurice recycled, first year with the Panthers, and uh, Cassidy with the Vegas, first-year guy recycled. And so it's the nature of the sport, unfortunately. Claves, what do we got going on with Claves Online? Well, this week, uh, you know, with this being Flag Day, we'll have Bob Nightingale, who's part of what we do now from USA Today, talking about not just the Cardinals, but what's going on in baseball. Dr. Rick Lehman, his podcast comes your way on Thursday. Uh, we also have uh, a couple of other things we are working on. We have lunch with Claves and Joe. And uh, we have a sit-down with Nick Lagone from uh, the Ascension Charity Classic, and we're going to be doing something with him on a regular basis. And obviously what took place between Liv and the PGA is a, is a subject this week. So we have enough stuff going on this week. And Weekend Joe, he's got his podcast as well. So if you're looking for something to listen to or something to check out sports-wise, uh, I would suggest you start with us and you'll probably finish with us. Claves, it's always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll see you soon. Well, a happy Flag Day to everybody in advance. <laughs> you bet. Take care. <laughs> Mike, Mike Laybourne on 101 ESPN. You can hear him on the Cardinal broadcast tonight on the Cardinals radio network. Next up, we had the conversation earlier. We want you to weigh in. Should it be on the players to improve from within, or does coaching have something to do with it? That's coming your way. And, by the way, your opportunity to win tickets for Evolution Festival. Coming your way on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The one thing I know about Ollie is his character. 
And I know that um, he's honest and he is thorough. And um, I'm sure that the, the players uh, love playing for him. It's just one of those things where sometimes you, you run into um, – you just can't, can't quite figure it out. I mean, I don't think there's anything that really anybody can really put your finger on as to why they're off to such a rough start and, um, you know, can't quite get over the hump. Started to think that they were trending – in a really, really positive direction and then kind of hit a lull again. And so, um, you know, it, 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 Danny, as you know, it's a player's game. I mean, the manager is, is important and, and he can he can do some things, but these players got to play better. And just like when we've struggled, it wasn't on the manager. It wasn't Tony or Mike's fault. It was our fault. Absolutely. And I, think that, I think that sometimes that, that gets lost. I mean, it's, it's the players, it's the players, especially now. I mean, it's the players' job to go out and play well. And, um, you know, he, he's trying to, to, to tinker with the lineup here or there. Or, you know, you, you try to make sure you bring in the, the pitcher in the right leverage situation. But when it comes down to it, the guys just got to play better. And if the roster's not good enough, you know, then, then you got to find different players. That is Cardinal Hall of Famer Matt Holiday in the fast lane agreeing with Kerry Davis about how it does come down to the players. And the question becomes then, how do the players become better how does the team become better if it's on the players to just find it within themselves to get better you got to do your job you got to do the job that you were hired to do you got to do the job that you've been doing throughout your entire life that allowed you to make it to the big league which is what wilson Contreras is doing and and you got to keep doing it you got to continue to he and right now he's he's just he's struggling as i said i think that's just a, a mental block for him he's he's going through you know a a bunch of things on the field that are impacting him at the plate and in, in you know behind the plate right now and so you have to clear your mind you have to take a step back and realize how you got here and what you need to do to stay here and be able to have the success that you're accustomed to having yeah it always and we've been saying this since the beginning of the season too is it does take your superstars being superstars that's what you're paying them the big bucks for nobody's going to feel sorry for millionaires not being able to execute on their job but it it just seems like nothing is still clicking for this group and that's where that stuff comes in about the manager and the coaching staff. They're doing their job because nobody can seem to figure this out. And so everybody's going to look for something, right? You're going to point the finger if you can't put your finger on exactly what's going wrong here. And I will never call for anybody to lose their job. That's that's just not great. It seems like this is, in general, there's a lot of things going wrong. And this is things that even the front office, I'm sure, looking back, they would like to have gone and got a starting pitcher. And I know that some of the ones that they were looking at were injured or are starting the season out injured. And so you can look in that and say, okay, maybe hindsight 2020, that worked out in that, in that favor. Maybe you go back in time and you don't get Wilson Contreras and you get Sean Murphy instead. I mean, hindsight is always 2020 and things are just not working out right now for the Cardinals. So of course, people are going to be looking at the coaching staff and managers and say, why, guy, why can't you guys put this together? Why can you not figure out what's going on with this clubhouse? right now get these guys to get off their butts and get going because once again you are paying these guys a lot of money to go out and perform every single day and they are not executing that's defensively that's offensively as well too Um, but the sad reality is is like even if you're looking at a sales associate like say that a sales manager is looking over associates all of his associates are underperforming sadly what what happens in those cases the 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 manager loses his job and that and that's and it's not always his yeah. fault. I mean, it's just part of, of business when yeah. the people that 
work for you, work under you, aren't performing to the level that they need to 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 have success for the company to have success. The the first person that they look at is the manager and figure out, okay, well, you're not doing something right. Well, no, nah, these people are lazy as hell. They, they don't want to sell anything. They just sit on the phone all day in Facebook. And uh, you know, that, that's maybe that's the case. But at the end of the day, you're still responsible for those people because they're the ones that are there. And and I, I will because this notion that well, what does a manager do? As a as a coach, as a manager, your job is to prepare for the game. As as Claves just said, those coaches are there hours in advance. That's one of the reasons a lot of former players don't want to be coaches because the amount of time put into work that you're actually not on the field is ridiculous because you have to be there hours and hours in football. Those coaches stay there. We leave at 6 p.m. They don't leave till midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. They're there all day. So for for baseball, they're there before the players get there. They're hours in advance. And so now you have all of these meetings and you're sitting there trying to put together all of these things and, and analytics and we're going to shift versus this this batter because he hits it this way. And then guess what? He hits it the other way. Is that is that the manager's fault? I mean, that the analytics told you to to be right there, and now we make them, we move them over. The the player makes a great play. That's on the player. He made a great play, or analytically, we put him in the right place, and he doesn't make the play. It all boils down to the players on the field doing their job at an elite level to have success. I can spend hours upon hours watching film upon film, preparing my team to do the job. At the end of the day. When the ball is on the field, you have to do the job that is that you have been prepared so for. So quickly, is this group of players fatally flawed then? No, I don't think they're fatally flawed. I think they are just not doing the job well enough consistently, and it's not one person. If it was one person, it would be so much easier. This guy mm-hmm. is not performing well. Get him out. He can't do it. Okay. But some days it's the pitching. Some days it's your shortstop. Some days it's your right fielder. Some days it's the left fielder. Some days it's the catcher. You can't figure out which day it's going to be who. So you can't figure out how to manage that. That's on the players. Let's get a couple of texts, and we do have a quick mic drop. Uh, Matthew, what do we got on the, the old text machine about this? So These that we can get a text texts. of the day so that we can uh, provide somebody with Evolution Festival tickets. Um, we got a simple one, and, and I think Carrie likes one. If you're not coaching it, you're allowing it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. the, the old we, coach Venturi that, line. That's, that's the bottom line. If you, I mean, you're 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 allowing it, but again, you're allowing it because it's it's a different. It's not consecutively the same person. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, and the sad reality is you can't fire the players, but you can't fire the coach. I thought it was interesting what Clave said, too, about even and in the NFL, we're seeing coaches change so much. I'll never forget one head coach that was fired, uh, Arkansas, Brett Bielema, mm-hmm. that he said right before he got fired, we're in a microwave society where people want results now. The patience right. that people have. It's very thin now, so you it feels like you are going through more and more manager coaching job changes as well, too, because people don't want to wait around for things. Um, it's from the 636. So you don't think it's on the manager to hold accountability or to get the most out of players? Why ever change the manager then? I do think it's I, I think it's the manager's job to prepare the players to do their job. That's the manager's job. And then in game, when things arise, the manager's job is to react accordingly to the things that take place. <laughs> 
I can't react accordingly when my closer hurts his finger in the last game of the year and all of a sudden he's throwing balls and not getting the ball over the plate in the playoffs. I didn't expect that because the player didn't do the job that he was hired to do. What part of that is hard to understand? It's difficult. Now, will you say, well, he should have never took Quintana out? Maybe so. But the analytics that they go by say, yeah, it's time to take him out. And we trust the people that we have coming up to do their job. The job did not get done. Therefore, you did not win the game nor the series. That's how baseball go. 2014 NLCS. Carlos Martinez, Trevor Rosenthal available in the bullpen. bullpen. Mike Matheny brings in Michael Waka. I put that one on the manager. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs> even though, but, even but, though the player didn't do his job, I'm putting a, it on had, the manager. He had a gut feeling in that moment. And maybe Michael Waka talked to him and he had, he had, now if it goes well, guess what? That was a great decision. Every decision that you make, I tell my players this all the time. Listen, man, I'm going to call some terrible plays. I'm going to mess up a play. I'm going to call it wrong. I'm. It's okay. I'm going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. We're going to have to battle through that. The referee is going to make a terrible call at some point. I'm going to do that. We're all human. We all are going to make a mistake at some point. Do your job to the best of your ability, and at the end of the day, we will come out victorious. Yeah. Unless Travis Ishikawa goes yard and wins the pennant oh, for you. They, yeah, they no, need like a Chris Carpenter-esque speech right now. It, but also, too, the bad thing is, is right now, and I, I don't doubt it, because even when I go to the games, I see how many meetings they have. I see all the work that is going behind the scenes. For some reason, it is still not translating on the field. So when people see that, they're always going to question what's going on behind the scenes in the clubhouse, what that preparation is actually looking like, because there is situations in games where you don't look prepared. And that's that's a hard thing to kind of explain away at this point, because nobody is just performing to the ability they think. And then in these, we're talking about those one-run games. In those one-run games, they are absolutely crumbling instead of rising to the occasion. Yeah, it's it's not a pretty sight. Uh, we're going to get to Bill with a mic drop here on 101 ESPN. This isn't on the players. This isn't on the coaching staff. This is on the organization. This is an organizational problem. Mo said it before the season even started that he believed their system would be tested this year. Well... It's been tested, and it has failed miserably. Either Mo needs to go, or they need to admit that their organizational philosophy has to go. Uh, hard to dispute that that right now, that, that their organizational philosophy has been caught up with, and they need to change things. Yeah, I think you can also point to, and this is in favor of Ollie as well, the roster construction is not something that he has full control of. I'm sure if we could talk to Ollie, he would have loved to have a starting pitcher added to the staff. I mean, wouldn't you guys think? Yep, I'm sure. A, a healthy, Jose a Quintana. nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Jose Quintana would it. Well, I mean, the injury kind of makes it look like Carlos they can predict he'd that. Been, no, no, I don't think he's been. Hurt too. Yeah, he's oh, okay. been hurt as well. Jacob Degrom. Uh, oh, okay. Well, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's a no, 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 no. He's in, mm. No, that's not the one you want either. Tywin Walker. But what about that Rangers pitcher? He was available though. Uh, oh, Nivaldi. Yeah. So you would have twenty twenty hindsight. We would have picked the one. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. We would have. We would have got it done. We, we would have got course. the one. So was John Gray, but it's not like I mean, who the he was last year. He yeah, was yeah, he last signed with year, Texas yeah. last year. Last year. Um, so it was not good for Texas last year. And that's year. the thing is like the, the couple of these guys that people are throwing out, or also how do you how can you not make a trade for a guy who's 
they, they got for a guy who's now hitting 400. How could you not make the Pablo Lopez trade? That obviously, it was easy. You just had to trade a guy who was batting you, like 343 if, at the time. If you have, if, if, what uh, league ch- batting champ did the Cardinals have to move for Pablo Lopez? <laughs> exactly. I'm, 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 um, that's skipping my mind right now. I like this one from the 314. If players do not like a manager's approach, they will not put forth 100% effort. Plain and simple. If a company fails, who's ultimately at fault? The owners and management. This, I, y'all, I think y'all there's got to stop this. I think there's a, a, y'all a have weird to stop this. line between you how gotta people You got to stop this. You got to you got to stop this. If he's, I don't like the manager, I'm just not going to work. The hell you are. <laughs> I guarantee you you're going to work. I guarantee you you're going to show up and do your job every I didn't like Bruce Arians. You think I wasn't going to go to work and block the linebacker because B.A. pissed me off at work that day? No. I'm going to go do my job. I don't give a damn what B.A. had to say. This is crazy. That is that is nonsensical to me. The thought process that if I don't like the manager, I'm not going to work for you, sir. Your butt going to get up and go to work and you're going to like it because you got to pay your bills to do your job and take care of your family. No one is going to feel sorry for you because you don't like the coach, which I don't even think is an issue. But if it were, a professional athlete is still going to do their job to the best of their ability. Now, maybe people outside of that have that choice and that option. I don't want to work for you. Well, then guess what? You're going to get fired, dummy. You're going to get fired for not doing your job, as will a professional athlete. We're going to quickly head down the stretch next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. We get two minutes. Uh, yeah, I just want to uh, a shout out to um, the coolest thing I saw last oh, night with the championship. With Nikola Jokic it was not cranky. That part That's sucked. It was that at, as soon as they won, Jokic went over and immediately started running through handshakes and he was, was like and was leaning in and like and, and talking to Kevin Love and Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. I just thought that was the height of class. And I mean, that, I think that's something we get to like hold, like hold up in here in sports is how classy are they and things like that. But I honestly think like that going over to that one before, you know, you really start celebrating. I love seeing that. From LeBron shakes hands when he wins. Nah. Also, only when he loses. Also, if you want to see something funny, Nikola Jokic can dis- dismantle a defense with the most athletic people on the planet, but he does not know how to spray a champagne bottle. Last night, when the people were asking him, and there was a video, they're like, "Spray it, Nikola, spray it!" And he didn't like. I, I don't think he understands how champagne works, uh, and so he like tried to shake it up, and he didn't know how to spray anybody. And so there was so the the, the best p- basketball player in the planet apparently still a little well, bit uh according to like, coordination. According to Mike Malone, he'll have another opportunity or three to yep. figure it out yep we'll hear it that was a little little extreme there by malone but hey you're feeling it why not why not talk about a not dynasty one. after you not win two. one not, not three. three not four, four. not five. five not six not seven all of them every championship ever made we're gonna win them hope his feet are okay uh, do you have to win three in four years in the nba you gotta win at least three in five years. In three and five? Three and huh, five. I, wonder, I wonder why that's a. I wonder why that's the delineation <laughs> well, you, know. you give. Uh, <laughs> you know, Is there any reason that you picked those exact uh, numbers you know, of three and five? I, mean, well, I think well, four no, and seven. Because I, I would say that the Heat were a dynasty because they went to four. Okay. They only won okay. two. So you know, nothing. That I think that's a dynasty, even though they only won two. How about the Rockets? <laughs> When Michael was gone. No, I those don't think two? that's a dynasty because okay. they only went to those two back yeah, to back and right. then. 
kind of fell off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great job today by our producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Brooke. Yes. This is great, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> Brooke, why do you look surprised every time he calls your name at the end of the show? Because I never know what he's yes. going to say. <laughs> I never know what he's going to say. Hey, a 13 game winning streak is on the horizon here to get to 500. Oh, my you man. see, and that's why I'm always just waiting, just waiting to see what he says. Okay. Never know. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. We've got a balloon party with T Mac and Ajax coming up for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. And we'll be here till 11. CD's not here tomorrow, are you? I'm off tomorrow. Off I'm tomorrow. going to Purdue University for a football camp. Have oh, fun. Nice. My young football there? Good. Yeah, well, oh. <laughs> I guess. Allegedly. Well, have no. a great day. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.